You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hello, everyone. It is Pierce, host of the PJ's Cast. And if you enjoy listening to the PJ's Cast as much as we do recording it, please leave a positive review, subscribe, and share with friends no matter what platform you may be on. We love discussing the Chicago Blackhawks and, of course, the game of hockey. But we want to reach this out to a wider audience. And doing all those things really help us out. So once again, if you enjoy the PJ's Cast, please leave a positive review, subscribe, and share with friends. And I hope you guys enjoyed the upcoming podcast episode. I'm your host, Pierce, alongside of my usual co-host, Jimmy and Schmidt. But we got our good pal, Spencer, joining us today. How are you doing, gentlemen? Good. This is definitely not the tenth time we've had to do this so far. <laughs> oh, yeah. Totally, totally haven't messed up a bunch and of we haven't no, had, We weren't supposed no. to start an hour and a half ago or anything like that. No. Oh, no. no. We're on rapper time. We're on rapper time. Contra says it's actually a 10th. <laughs> yeah, what's is like on his way to being the Senator's GM. Can <laughs> we get into that? Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I like you sent that tweet with like uh, the idea that uh, Keith is in a Tobias Funky uh, situation where the hair is sapping his life force. <laughs> and now all I can think about is Pierre Maguire going from analyst to analyst and therapist for the Ottawa Senators. <laughs> Analrophus, dude. He looks, he looks just like him without the mustache. He totally, totally does, dude. He totally does. Uh, anyways, what a great start. Um, <laughs> of like the five we just had. Oh, that was like ten of them. <laughs> it was ten. Was, yeah. Oh my god. Like, yeah, some, sh- some stuff happened over the some over the stuff. last couple days, folks. Why don't we get into that? Yeah. Hmm? Um, starting with the best defenseman in this franchise's history getting traded. And apparently what uh, Edmonton thinks is their best defenseman now. Shut up. I mean, shut up. Did Darnell Nurse win three Stanley Cups? I don't think so. He doesn't know how to win three Stanley Cups. A couple Norrises, average 28 minutes in the playoffs? I don't think so, man. I don't know. 
That's ridiculous, by the way. The fact that he averaged 28 minutes a game and like 135 games, that's crazy. That might be the most absurd stat of like all the stuff. And that's saying something because he has three, well, like all the the things you listed, three cups, two (laughs) Norse's, one Conn Smythe, and then two Olympic gold medals and, you know, all that. He's also like eight games away from 1,200 games played with the Hawks, or he would have been. And, yeah. like, I know he and Seabrook were the only defensemen in the franchise history to ever play a 1,000 games together. I think they're the first cool. I think they're the first uh, defenseman oh, ever, like, duo to ever, like, in NHL history, play a 1,000 games together. Oh, that's on the same team. Cool. Yeah. Oh, I would have simply played 1,500 together, but that's just me. <laughs> anyway. Well, hopefully Conrad's a GM when they need you next time, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know this one kid, man, he can fucking skate. Trust <laughs> me. Got, he's got wheels. <laughs> I, I'll tell you what. <laughs> he's got some Datsuka in him, that's for sure. But yeah, I, I guess we should probably get the trade details, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, I mean, th- I, I can't believe that the trade was only Duncan Keith for <laughs> Caleb Jones in a third. Like, no salary. Like, hey, and Tim Soderlund. Oh yeah, and it's, and, it's like, and it, on top of that, it's a conditional third to where. Have you guys seen the condition on that pick? It's like if they yeah. win three rounds, yeah, and, and he's playing top, top four minutes. minutes. Yeah. Oh, it's actually not as crazy when you say it out loud. Well, no, it's just, just like yeah. such a specific condition that where it's just like just make it a fucking third round pick. Like I don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wait, what does it become if it happens? Uh, it's already gonna be a third round pick at this point. Yeah. Like. <laughs> And then you got to think, like, Mark Spector reported that the first trade offer Bowman gave him was Keith for Jones a fourth and Koskinen, I'm pretty sure. And Holland was like, nope, we'll give you a third. No, no we need Koskinen. And Bowman literally told him straight up, he was like, if I if we're taking salary back, we want Barry McLeod. And he's like, fine, we'll take no salary retention and make it ten times worse. Yeah, like, I, man. I honestly, from a Hawks standpoint, it's great, but... I don't know what the fuck Ken Holland's doing. Like, I'm sorry. Like, that you know is... is. You know what it reminded me of when I was thinking about, like, the trade, like, how the negotiation must have been going? It reminds me of that scene from Spider-Man 2 where it's like, where it's like, Hoffman, what are you going to call this guy? <laughs> but then it's like, it's like, Bowman, how are we going to get Duncan Keith? And it's like, uh, Duncan Keith for a fourth and Miko Koskinen. Ah, that's crap. And then it goes to, <laughs> and then it goes to, uh, Jones you know, in a third. Uh, yeah, Jones in a third. That's pretty good. <laughs> that's yeah. what i was thinking about that right. wasn't exactly how i wanted to say that but like it just reminded me like just how that went out oh it's it's so dysfunctional and i think that the uh there was um a free well not a friedman quote but um 31 tweet about something friedman said it's gonna be 32 thoughts uh yeah oh yeah true um but uh this comes from an nhl watcher on twitter uh, and he says, Friedman on 31 Thoughts says, Holland asked some of his top players about Duncan Keith, and they talked about the Chicago Edmonton series in the bubble and how difficult defensively they found Keith to deal with. Elliot Friedman feels that's one of the reasons the Oilers did this deal. So, as I feel bad for Connor McDavid, he did kind of uh, sign his own funeral papers. I I don't understand I, I i don't i cannot fathom how a player could play against him at this level and be like yeah like that's 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 the guy i'm having trouble trust with. me He's you're that guy. guy he's that guy pal he's that, he's guy. that guy yeah 
Like the fact that there's no salary retention either. Like it's that's the wild. It's wild. Yeah. Like it's I was expecting like, like him be like his salary to be retained like at least half or so of his deal. But like you know what Holland could have done is just not gotten Duncan Keith. Uh, he, literally, Alec Martinez is a free agent. If you needed Stanley Cup pedigree, and he's younger and better. Well, Ryan Suter's never won a Stanley Cup. Has so. Duncan Keith uh, ever scored sir, a Stanley Cup winning loser. goal? Well, it sounds exactly. like here, or a conference finals. Finals. It sounds like that's goal. what Holland's yeah. looking for. So, if you want Stanley Cup pedigree, yeah, the conference finals. Yeah, get the guy who the, was like the bounce off a guy who's in, on the trade block right now. Yeah, go get the defense. Go get the defenseman uh, Martin Jelena. Yeah. Martin Jelena. The oh wait, yeah, you remember that? Go get, like, the, go get like two a series. corpse of Dan Boyle or something. He's not even a defenseman; he's a forward. Yeah, God. I said the defense. No, man. Oh, I'm not another, a Canadian. Another trade I find wild, by the way, is like everyone's defense of the trade was, "Oh, he was playing with kids in Chicago the whole time." What the fuck do you think he's gonna do in Edmonton? Yeah. He's the <laughs> the whole time. Hey, man, he's gonna play with Chris Russell. Dude, look at the what? numbers Bokefist put up next to him. I, I just, like, I don't know how, like, the department in Edmonton came up with this, and they were just like, yeah, our guys will make it back. Hey, hey, so, you know what? You know what? You know how the trade is good is because his actual salary isn't that high, so their billionaire owner doesn't have to spend an extra couple million or whatever it is. Yeah. I love how, didn't he say something like, that's what the fans love to see, or some shit right, like yeah, that? Probably, like, Jim yeah. Matheson shits on the trade, you know you lost the trade. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, like, oh my god, When yeah. NHL by Maddie tells you that the trade's not good. Oh, Maddie's the best. A, He's a gift that keeps on giving. But then, like, I also heard, like, they, they were afraid of, like, losing Jones in the expansion draft. And it's like, okay, now you have to protect Duncan Keith or he's going to wave his claws. And, like, I, I don't get this. Like, I just don't get what Edmonton's doing. I don't either. Because they still got to resign Adam Larson, too. That's like saying that you're afraid to drop your ice cream cone and then throwing it in the garbage and going, oh, thank God. <laughs> now, now it won't fall on the floor. Oh, that's At so least. I've never heard that before, but all right. That's a new one, it. but it works. Yeah, it works. He's got the right spirit. <laughs> it's it's just amazing. Like you, you okay? You don't lose Jones. You gave him to somebody else, and now you have Duncan Keith, who is infinitely worse. Good job. Like, and you have five point five million tied up for this year and next year. He's thirty eight, or he's gonna be thirty eight this week. Like, yeah, on Friday. And like obviously from like a, from like a human standpoint, this trade's great for Keith because he gets to be closer to his kid. Yeah. Which at no, the I end of the day, that that's all that matters. But so like, man, you really like. And also, since he's like towards the end of his career too. Yeah, that's like, like, oh. like obviously not every person's gonna look at like oh. I don't think I'd want my career to end in Edmonton, but if you get to be closer to your kid, especially with the way the borders have worked the last couple of years, completely understand. But one thing with Edmonton, I feel like they didn't learn from what Chicago did a couple years ago. Don't go to your players for advice on who to pick up and then go follow through with that. Remember when like that broke a couple years ago and we traded for no, and they were like, uh, oh, yeah. yeah, Taves and King got sat down by Bowman. And they were like, what do you want on the team? We want Brandon Sod back. OK, well, we'll go get him. Like, yeah, and they trade Aaron you for don't him. Like, do it, that, dude. Yeah. You just don't. This, <laughs> this, is this trade works. one of the worst offseason trades in like the last decade? It has to be. It has to be. What? Like, the trade, like, this has to be one of the worst trades in the last decade. Well, I mean, in terms of, like, stranger to crappy off-season trades, so. 
Yeah, except we're on the other side of one this time. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, yeah, it's much more, like, lower scale, but, like, they – it's not like – like, with, you know, Milan Lucic and James Neal, like, that was two teams that needed, you know – I mean, that's a flip-flop, but, like, this is – you saw the mindset of those teams mm-hmm. was, we need to get rid of this awful contract. Fine, we'll just – you know, let's just flip these and see, what, see how it works. Edmonton was trying – to get Duncan Keith. Like, Ken Holland needed Duncan Keith. If he didn't, he would have hung up when he said, you know, oh, well, if you want, if we're going to retain, then, like, you need to give me this. He was willing to take all 5.5 and give up Caleb Jones, a, like, promising young defenseman to And do a it. potential second-round pick, which, let's be yep. honest, it's not going to be a second-round pick. No, but... It's something. Yeah, and they at have... the same time, you weren't bidding with anyone! No one else was going to get Duncan Keith! He said no. from the get-go he was only going to waive his clause for Edmonton. They said that in the article. So that whole Western Canada or Western, like, Canada, U.S., Pacific bullshit? No. He was only going to go to Edmonton. Ken you Holland can do had it. One team you should do it. He had all the leverage. He had all, he the, had all the leverage. Chicago and somehow fell on side of the seesaw. I honestly have no clue how you're a GM of the league and you're doing shit. And, like, it's hey. not the first time he did something like this. He traded two seconds for Mike Green and Andreas Eftin to see you and then get shit out of him. Like, yeah. hey, they lost to Chicago, and that's why they picked up Duncan Keith because he knows how to win. Dude, it's just wild asset management to me because they were the Oilers were in such a prime position to like make actual good moves this offseason, and they're off to a very questionable start. And the worst part is Duncan Keith's still going to get like 35 points next year because he's just going to pick up a bunch of secondary assists playing with McDavid. And everyone's oh, yeah. Oh, Jeez, I thought that was McDavid's job, but all right. They'll do it to each other. Don't worry. Nah, McDavid's going to become a uh, McPrimary assist this season. Because <laughs> they'll have no winger to pass to, so. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. for me, there are three parts to this deal. Like, um, one, bad, Duncan bad, Keith, like, bad. no, 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 not even that. But, like, it's a, it's a emotional trade. Like, one, looking at it from, like, in a vacuum perspective, not taking into consideration any fact that Duncan Keith like all he's done for Chicago, what's been going on with this whole organization. We won't get into that, but, and then two, like, um, I don't even know, <laughs> but like, I'm all over the place with this. Cause I, like, I think in a no, vacuum, there's, it's an, it's there's a, it's like an incredible trade. Aspects to it. There's like, you know, there's the numerical side of it with the cap hit and all that. And, you know, his performance on the ice, but like you, I think you're kind of getting to is there's the emotional side of it. Like yeah. that's Duncan Keith. Like I know, you know, it, it's, I say, I guess, say this more for myself. Um, I, I feel like a lot of fans can, you know, can uh, relate though. Is that uh, you? We did want Duncan Keith to go, but we didn't want Duncan Keith to go. You know, he just doesn't fit on this team. He's paid too much, but that's Duncan fucking Keith. That's I don't care what anybody says. That's the best defenseman to ever put on a Blackhawks sweater, and and probably will be. I mean, like for we, long again, time. we go we go through like all his hardware and accolades, like. How many defensemen in the history of the NHL have done that? Like Nicholas Lidstrom, maybe? Like two gold medals. Three you could very well top argue top he's top the most underrated defenseman two, in the last thirty years. At least twenty. Two, two, at least twenty more. years. He's the most underrated because he oh, doesn't easily. get nearly enough credit for the no. no. From like oh eight to twenty sixteen, he was the best defenseman in the NHL. And I no, I think he's the best defenseman of the tens by far. I think there's no question he's the best defenseman of the tens. He's the last three years, but it's like he dominated. He was so good those first six, seven years that it doesn't matter. Like I, I just think he was the best defenseman of the tens. Drew Doughty was never really that great. Eric Carlson was always struggling defensively. 
Victor Hedman didn't really come into his own until yeah. the second later half of exactly. the, the tens. Duncan Keith is the best defenseman of that decade, and I, I won't take any other answers. Yeah, I'm sorry. Then, it's amazing. And then you, like, add on to that, like, the playoff runs they had as a team, and then, like, the minutes he played in the playoffs as a whole. And, yeah, like, the, exactly. the best yeah. in the playoffs. And he exactly. kept doing it year in, year out. He kept every doing year. it. He kept going on these long runs, and he was disgusting every single time. It, it wasn't really until you saw him falling down a little bit was 2016-17 when you saw a little bit of wear, and 2017-18 was when it really hit, but Besides that, you know, kind of the whole team started declining. It was all you also got to think like, I mean, the the players said it straight up in 2017. They were gassed. They went on from 2013 to 2016. They had three out of those four years. They were in deep playoff runs that went on at least an extra six weeks than a season would go. That's a lot of extra games and a lot of extra miles to put on a body. And we've seen what it did to players like. I don't people don't really put two and two together with Keith, but like he started declining after he had that knee surgery after they won the cup. Like yeah. just from that moment on, like you you're not gonna be the same after that. And then you're going yeah. into your mid thirties. Seabrook obviously had his miles on him. Jalmerson had his miles on him. Like yeah. it it really doesn't get taken into account how hard it is to win multiple Time catches up to everyone. multiple playoffs. Oh, Keith is yeah. No, it's for every player too. Like I'm curious to see how the lightning look in three years after all these deep runs. Because, like, oh it's, God, they'll be cooked. They'll be cooked in a couple years. Look at the Penguins. The pe- perfect example. The Penguins Steve are Sam Coast is definitely made of rubber because I don't know how anybody can be injured as much as he has been and still, like, be able to be on any of these runs. Like, I know he wasn't really there last year, but, like, the fact that he can have all those injuries and still be this good in a playoff run is insane to me. He's probably the only other guy I've seen, one of the only guys I've seen be able to, like, you know, deal with that kind of mileage. But think about Victor Hedman, dude. That's a guy who throws the body he's around. surgery again. Torn is he really? He's been yeah. playing with the torn meniscus since March. That explains a lot of things. But he's only out. Oh, I mean, it's a four-week recovery, so. I mean, you know what's funny is that I say that explains a lot of things, and the thing that I think it explains is that he he was great and not the best defenseman by a fucking mile in the playoffs. The way he was the year before, that's how good he is, but. Um, it was funny because everyone was crapping on him too when he was getting a Norris voting because it was like, oh, he didn't even have a good year this year. I was like, no shit, he was hurt. Like, yeah. <laughs> what do you expect? And and he and I'm and like the two players who can't go on IR for that team, like physically can't because the team will crumble, is Hedman and Vasilevsky. Because that back end yeah. without Hedman is completely different, and that <clears throat> the team in general without Vasilevsky is completely well. different. Nah, if anything, I'm disrespecting I, McDonough, but. Oh, he, dude, he was, he's got to be like the unsung hero of that playoff run. He oh, was he was insane. so good this playoff. Ryan McDonough, yeah. that was regular season too. Yeah. He played they, better competition with Eric Chernock on that pairing than Hedman did. Because Hedman really? was obviously yeah. weird. But, yeah, True, that McDonough-Chernock yeah. pairing played better competition than Hedman did. You could argue it was probably one of his, like, it was probably the best year of Ryan McDonough's career in terms of, like, what he did on the ice. Like, obviously he had great years in New York, but, like, it's in terms of on ice success too. It's probably his most acclaimed year, I would say. And he didn't really get talked about enough. One of the tens, Ryan McDonough. I mean, he's like, you know what he does play? He's kind of like he plays a lot like Seabrook and Keith style together because he's not he doesn't, you know, run guys into the uh stanchions the way he can throw the body. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and and yet look at how old is he now? Thirty two. Thirty two years old and he's still playing this well. Like that's I wonder if he. Fun. I wonder if he makes the Olympic team next year. 
I hope because they're going to have they're going to have a veteran presence, and I wouldn't mind having because McDonough was on the team uh, in 2017. So. Him over but according to scheduling, they might not even fucking go to the yeah, I was going to say, are we going to uh, have the Olympics uh, this year? Can we talk about that for a second? Just touch on it really quick. If they the don't... supposed to be out at the draft, which is in 10 days. I was... I was taking a shit earlier today. And wow. I thought... All right. All right. Foul movements with Jimmy. Here we go, well, folks. PM with like, Jim. I mean, we're talking about a steaming pile of shit, Batman. I want to transition into that. Um... <laughs> And I thought to myself, I have not seen Olympic men's hockey since 2014. Yep. I wasn't even 15 years old yet. I'm 22. I'm 22 years old. I'm 20. I turned 21 in October. About, that is over a third of my life ago. Same here. Yeah. (laughs) Over a third of my life ago. It was the last time I saw playoff hockey. Playoff play hockey. hockey. <laughs> well, I mean, good Chicago Blackhawks playoff hockey. hockey. I can like, understand yeah. that. You know what? You're right, actually. <laughs> to Ooh, see them win a playoff hockey also around that. But anyways. Um, no, yeah. I got the segue for that Dude, one. How in the world? How? How do how, okay if if they don't get to the Olympics, how does Batman stay around another year? I know that he, there's like nobody because he just him made that. the league a billion dollars. Because the owners dude, like him, dude. Jimmy, Jimmy, he's not getting fired anytime soon because of the new TV deal, and they just I'm got a new franchise. Fired. I'm not yeah. saying he's gonna get fired, but do you even do you think? Because I don't think he's gonna get fired. I don't think that's how he leaves. I think he leaves by deciding to retire. That seems to be the. Uh, discussion that always goes around is that or he'll retire die. or die everyday people wake up and can die so objectively yes pierce he it's could like, die it's like homer from the simpsons says anyone could die at this moment even you and then he le- and he says good night to bart and then leaves the room yeah, <laughs> um, sure yeah <laughs> that is true oh my gosh Dude, how do the players have any discussion with him after this and not just just bash his head into a wall? I'm sorry. I, I don't. I just don't understand. I don't understand how this guy can still be the commissioner for his league. I don't understand. Like, has this ever happened with any league before that regularly goes to the Olympics? Has this ever happened? Hmm? Mm, I have no idea. <laughs> Baseball has Olympics, correct? Or, yeah, but they know. don't. It, they're not sending people. It's in the middle of the season. Okay, so that doesn't really count. Football is really NBA is not America. during the season. It's baseball is the perfect example, and baseball is not sending anyone because literally they're having their All Star game right now, and it really doesn't make any sense, like from a financial standpoint. But with baseball, it's different because it's already so. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> You need to grow it. You need to grow hockey globally more. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, Pierce. Like I was like I couldn't get the you know I couldn't really get the thought into words. Hockey is not like baseball where it's like you can like here's the thing. Hockey is always going to be more of a niche sport because you need and this sounds weird but like to play the sport you have to get like certain shit to to play. Yeah. No, you're 100 percent right. It's not like soccer. All you need is a ball in soccer. Soccer, Or a ball. Basketball. Basketball, Yep. Same kind of ball. Baseball, hit the ball. 
And hockey is uh, get the skates, get the stick, get the helmets, get the gloves. Like, literally, it is always going to be like that. So you need to reach as wide of an audience as you can. And they aren't fucking doing that. Like, Batman is a perfect example of two, step fo- two steps forward, two steps back. And it's a great day when he signs an ESPN deal and it's three steps forward, two steps back. And you're worried that they might take another step back just because the, and they inevitably will because they're the NHL run by Gary Bettman. I, I know that there's no logical scenario. Like it's Logically, I can't say that he's going to get fired or that he's going to leave. I just can't fathom the fucking fact that he actually is still the commissioner of this league after all this shit. I, I don't understand how that man's – or the uh, – sorry, commissioner, I guess a GM, whatever. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm confused why there are multiple people in their front office positions, but – no, I, I I just can't believe it. I I genuinely can't believe this man still has a hey, job. Hey Jimmy, I can because yeah. I was about to say I can. You want to know why? Because I'm not allowing Batman to make me lose sleep. Because fuck him, he can't affect the product on the ice as much as he affects it off the ice. So as long as the on ice product's good, I could care less. It affect Matthews and Patrick Kane being on the same line, and that. Okay, well, I honestly think with the new SPN deal, they're going to make the All-Star game fun again where they can pick their teams. So I feel like that's already going to get fixed in itself. Oh, if I can get that, then I'm happy. It should go back to how it was years ago with fantasy drafts. That's how you make the game fun. Like, oh, we get to see Matthews and McDavid on the same team again. Holy shit, what a concept. Like, oh, but they need to stay in their divisions because division supremacy, which no one gives a shit about at the end of the day. Yeah, absolutely nobody cares about that. And the fans, like... Openly enjoyed like the draft. That was so much fun. The Ovechkin, Dude, like when they traded Sagan for Kessel like five years ago. That shit was yeah. hilarious. Oh, <laughs> I want there to be North America versus Europe like they did way back when. That'd be so cool. Holy shit, it'd be oh, so man. stacked now too. With how yeah. good Russia and Finland are right now. Like, oh my god. Oh, and you have, yeah. have fucking oh my god, that team would be so good. You'd that have like dry saddle awesome. and Kucherov and Ovechkin on a line. Oh, oh my god. god. Vasilevsky then you got Borkov on that team, too. That's <laughs> like, up doing coke lines in the press box. Patterson. No, Kuznetsov doesn't make that team. <laughs> no. No, he does. I'm like the fourth line, but still. Nah. Mm. Oh, man. I don't know. Yeah, I, I think Pedersen. Really because he's a leaf. Pedersen mm-hmm. and, uh, oh, my God. I feel dumb. Pedersen and, uh, fuck it. Somebody name a random European player. I can't. Sorry, like a team Europe team would be so gross. It's not even funny. <laughs> That's who I was. And their of. back end would arguably be better. So I would think. No, easily. No, I think it easily is better. You got yeah. what? Hedman? Eric Carlson would even make the team. Shit. John Klingberg. Like, you got a bunch of names on there. Adam Bofus. <laughs> Knock it off. <laughs> two years. Two years. Let my. Let my boy grow. No, but he's a bus now, according to people on Twitter. <laughs> no, no, yeah. I Even though he doesn't I, turn 21 for another month. He right. doesn't turn 21 for another month. And, you know, underlying analytics aren't everything. But when you're that young and can put up analytics that good on a defense this bad, that's saying something. Okay? Like, that's all I'm trying to say is that, like, that doesn't go for nothing. It doesn't. Especially on this team. So, I don't know. Speaking of this team, 
Elliot Freeman basically confirmed the Mark Andre Fleury trade rumors to Chicago. So no shit. Yeah. Wait, I'm all, I'm like all, I don't care. I'm all for it. I'm all for it. Dude, oh, I don't know. I get. I don't get why people aren't for it. Because like I get people want to suck next year, but you do realize they're gonna be better with having two of their top centers back just by that alone, right? They're gonna be better like, because of that. And honestly, Fury can't carry the fucking team. I'm sorry. Higher defense. Because like as much as it pays to say Keith hurt that team more than he helped them. Oh, what like, Even the metrics would say that. Like they're a better team on the ice without Duncan Keith on it. Wait, hold like, up. Also, be, do people really think that perfect team for Lincoln and the learn off of? Dude, that, yes, yes. That's you right. have one of the best and well, you'd say one of the best and one of the uh, most decorated goalies in the history of the NHL. I'd literally go trade that third we just got from Edmonton and go get him. Yeah, because like it's not gonna cost much. Because, no. like, like, Pierce, you said it uh, yesterday, I think. Like, the last couple of years with, like, Schmidt and Stastny, they just yeah. kind of cap dump them. Yeah, they so. got them, like, a third trade. They got, like, third-round picks from them. Are you saying that, like, yeah. we couldn't do the same for Flurry? Well, my you thing know is, they're cap-strapped, so. Yeah. Like, and they want to Well, I think you could get a sweetener. I think you could get a sweetener. Exactly, yeah. Because I know that Flurry had a great year and all. Like, Flurry won well, the fucking Vezina. I don't think you're getting a sweetener. Oh, yeah, I forget, I forget that he won the Vezina. He's going to get traded. Get a sweetener, that's why. That's how disgusting it was. A legacy is. pick. I know it's fine, but <clears throat> but you know what? He didn't. He still wasn't a bad choice, though. You know, I yeah, know. I I don't care. That's the last one. The one that mattered. So <laughs> I'm, not, exactly. I'm not against like the flurry move either, but I just don't know if it's like the right time like, to do it. If you know what I'm saying? No, I get what you I, mean. I, it's the I right mean, time. I, I mean, it's gonna be better at least next year with Taves back. But at the same time, like, is this the right move? for the future by trading for Flurry because we don't even know if we're going to be like truly competitive next year at the same well, time. Well, I see it. I see it like this. I see it like you take your chance of Flurry. If the team's better, they're better. If they're worse, you can retain half of that and definitely trade them at the deadline to a team that needs them. That's true. And you probably get more than what you traded and for. And you'll them. get way more than what you traded for because a team at the deadline that's desperate for goaltending will always pay. I'm sorry. Even if like, it's second, it was for Leonard a couple years ago. Like yeah, the Leonard situation. A yeah. team will pay. A team will pay if you have him. So I say take Flurry. It's about as good of an insurance option as you're going to find right now, in my opinion, especially with the market, because I know they want to add a veteran goalie back there, and mm-hmm. I, I just don't see like. I I mean I guess they could go sign like a Yarrow Halak or something like if that's what they're looking for, but I'd rather get a guy who either he, if he sucks. That probably helps the team more than if he's good. Let's just put it that way. And but honestly, if he's good, that's good for the core, at least. That's good for the kids, that they have two guys there that they can trust in net every night. Because, like, in terms of, like, men- like mentally speaking, like, I'd have to assume they were shot at the end of the year after losing, like, 5-4 every game. Because... Uh, dude, do you really... Does anybody really think that Chicago wouldn't get a sweetener if they took him? Like, I know that he just won the best. I don't think they get a sweetener, like, but I sweetener. definitely think they can get him for cheap. Like Vegas needs cap space. Vegas needs cap space. Okay, I get but Vegas needs cap space, trade? but Flurry is not some dude who has no value, is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah he has more value than He just won a fucking best He's like best a best top best. three goalie he in just, the league. Yeah. He just came off of a bad year. Dude, before this year... Before this year, they were trying to move him. They were trying to get teams yeah. to take him. And then he had a Vezina year, and teams are I'm, – I'm honestly – I don't know. I'm I don't saying he's not gonna have, like, that's why I'm saying he's not going to need a sweetener. He just got his value back up. Oh, he's uh, not well, the goalie he was 18 months ago. 
no, but bad, I don't it's kind it. of back at even. I don't think I don't think you're gonna sweeten her, but I'd also think you're not gonna like trade a whole bunch for him. Yeah, you're not selling the farm. For I don't him. know. Flurry's very like he's he's very like on and off with how he is year in year out. So I just don't I don't think that, that fits this the Blackhawks market. Well, how many teams like the way I look at it is how many teams need a goalie right now? A lot. Let's look at because I want to look at what teams need a goalie. Right? Dude, there's to... so many teams that could use a one B right now that are looking for one. Like Carolina immediately comes to mind. You got to think. Um, okay, that's that's a team. Yeah. LA is going to want another goalie if they could somehow move sure quick. Fucking that's San true. Jose desperately needs a goalie. Like uh, Toronto could definitely use a one B. Um, Freaking Ottawa needs a goalie. Like I can I can go all day. Like, but what teams can afford him? Like capital. Well, Chicago can now with uh, yeah. Keith and Carolina Denver. can afford him. Ironically, they can't. Really? Okay, that's one that surprised me. I thought Carolina would be strapped because that's a team I that saw I their cap room. They have like no. They don't want to spend any money. Apparently, they don't want to qualify. They smashed Chicago twenty-two million dollars the last two years. Jesus, what? One trade. they doing? So I'm actually looking up like the goals saved about expected rates in for Flurry on four different models. Uh, minimum 25 games played. He ranks second among the three Vesna winners, or oh. the three uh, Vesna finalists. And he ranks second on Sports Logic IQ, first on Top Down Hockey, first on Evolving Hockey, wow. and third on Money Puck among goalies. So, so I'm going to take the Blackhawks. Kind of underrated him a little Better bit. Yeah, I was about to say, I'm going to take the year. Blackhawks approach and just take 10 off of what you just when he goes to the Blackhawks, he won't be second. He won't be third. He'll be like 13th on the Hawks because they well, give I'm just saying we also don't play Vegas' defensive system. So. No. Yeah. <laughs> Barely <laughs> any teams do. Like, yeah. do he, he also, like, I don't know. I, I don't know, man. I just I don't mind him. Mm-hmm. A year ago, we were talking about how, it, it, you know, in, there's a whole recency bias. I think that's what worries me is the recency bias of it all because he is such a – he's so hot and cold. I just don't know if a team is going to be sure that they're going to get – well, here's how I guess I should say it. NHL GMs don't think this far out. They just go, shiny thing, and I want it. If I'm, you know, looking at this, you know, from a GM perspective, I would think I'm not – I'd be a, I'm a little bit wary because, yeah, that's seven mil for a guy who just won the Vezina – but he's not this goalie every single year. He's very it's also hot. only one year. It's not like you're taking on it's multiple literally, years. Like I said, you're you. This is such a low risk move for Chicago right now, to where you either get a great one B behind Lankinen, or you get a guy who you can trade at the trade deadline and get yeah. assets for. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. From like from like because I look at everything the Hawks do usually from a business standpoint. From a business standpoint, this makes too much sense. No, I mean you're no, you're right. I just who would you have rather have the package? You know what I mean, like. At the end of I the don't day. say that. Like I, I, I think that you're right. I'm just, I don't know. Even if Flurry is shit, program. even if Flurry yeah. is shit, I'd still take him over Subban. Just oh, in terms, sure. yeah. Like, fuck it. I, you know I just don't see a world where, like, is even if he sucks, who cares? Give, uh, like give, give Vegas Subban back. What give Vegas Subban the third back. That we fucking gift wrapped for Duncan Keith. Like third and Subban. Give him back. Uh, just, give him Malcolm back. Dude, you got like just take a yeah, flyer. Just... You got to take a flyer on. Malcolm in the middle. Fuck off. But if you saw Team Pierce, would it be Malcolm in the middle? <laughs> um, what was I gonna say? Um, Malcolm between the pipes. Malcolm between the pipes. <laughs> Jesus. Oh my god. I was gonna say. 
Oh god, you made me lose lose my train of thought. Sorry, uh, but um, like Schmidt Schmidt brought up the fact like it was a it was a long like it, it wasn't a long grueling season, but like it was a tough season just like with all the condensed games, not being able to travel and see your family as much, and uh, and I know a lot of people are gonna be like, oh, character, blah blah blah, but everything you hear about Marc Andre Fleury is like true. Like he's one of the best person, at, like. People in the NHL like the the work he does Best teammate, off the ice. Yeah, 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 exactly. And, and of course, with what's happening with that organization right now, not saying that you should go after Flurry just for the PR movement, but I think that would help a lot bringing in a mm-hmm. locker room character like that. And also add that on top, he's a, he's still a good goalie. Is he as good as he was last year? No, but he can still be. He doesn't I need think, to be a really good year. You know who would have been a perfect boy. fit for Edmonton in the locker room and in net would be Mark Andre Flurry. Who would be only 1.5 million more than oh, they could still they, they could still go after him. I they mean, could do that. They just, need to, they just need to get rid of Koskinen somehow. Yeah, that would be the only thing they have okay. to do. Okay, see, like they should absolutely, but we all know they're not going to. We know he's not. Oh no, no. Oh. And another thing that would be, that would be awesome, dude. Sorry, McDavid in front of Flurry. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I was gonna say another thing about Ken Holland. What he brought up with the trade was that I found like kind of like uh. Like kind of like a warning sign. It was like um, another t- how he was defending the trade. It's like another time I did this was back in 1999 when I traded for Chris Chelios. And is that really your argument against the trade? Not like if that's the best you can do for. The- oh my god, that's that's still not a good trade. Because the, no sad- the league still works the same way. Yeah. <laughs> this, this is a prime example of GMs not being like, like literally being behind the times. His mind is in 1992. 22 years ago. Dude, literally the year I was born. His mind is before I was born when he traded for Chris Chelios. I literally was not like, same. I was not a born human being when he traded for Chris Chelios. Come on. <sighs> This guy has Connor McDavid on his team. He, he's the one that we're trusting Connor McDavid. God, imagine if Sidney Crosby started his career off with a team like this. Oh my God. Or Ovechkin or Taves and Kane or any of these other like franchise players. Hey, we got lucky. We got we uh, I was gonna say we, but they got away from Dale Talon like after two years. <laughs> at least Stan Bowman knew how to make some trades back then. But I don't want to talk about that guy at all. Um, yeah, I. I Pierce did that. But you said one of the warning signs, and the first thing I thought of was, "Oh, I, I, I didn't realize the trading for Keith alone wasn't like yeah, yeah, already exactly, the biggest eh? warning yeah. sign." Exactly. <laughs> like, oh, it's, it's, it's not a good trade for yeah, yeah, I feel so bad for Oilers fans. I do. I don't. I don't. I feel bad for anybody who's just a, a loyal I Oilers fan. I feel bad fan. for Connor McDavid. That is about it. <laughs> Pierce, how do you feel, Edmonton? Uh, Edmonton local. I, I actually, I was talking to a couple friends. They're like, I don't mind the Duncan Keith trade, even though we no! didn't a whole bunch. And I'm like, no! what? No, no, he's no, not a good defenseman anymore. Cash, we can introduce yeah, him. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure they're listening to it right now. Maybe I don't know, but uh, I. Oh man, it's. It's, it's not a good There's trade. Anything Edmonton needs to do is just like stack up on winners. <laughs> Seriously, the most plentiful resource in the NHL. No, the oh easiest by far is winning. Yeah, the overpaid You have to build around that. Like you, you just have to. You can't. Yeah, they <laughs> got the centers lined with those two win. guys. <laughs> Spencer is the new GM of the Oilers. Please, 
No, oh, dude, it's just like a crime to the league that the two best players this league has seen in 15 years are getting just fucking shackled by their management. It's insane. We're like, talking Matthews and McDavid, right? No, I'm talking Drysaddle and McDavid right now. Because until yeah. Matthews is a fucking MVP, I don't care. Like, I'm, I'm sorry. Drysaddle wins a playoff round. Drysaddle's fair. Matthews has, in my opinion. He's got a 50-goal season under his belt. Like, no, people he, just, he, people give, you know, I, I understand Drysdale. I, I know that, you know, he plays with McDavid, and I've talked about that in the past. But you know what? At the end of the day, I mean, he's putting up the points that he is. He deserved to win MVP the year he won it. I will say that. Cause, I, I don't care about – I'm sorry, like, the defensive thing. I, I, I know, like, yeah, he isn't the best at all, sure. But, like, at the end of the day, man, like, they don't win without a player like him. They just don't. They, they don't go where they – if they didn't have Drysdale and – playing at that level when McDavid was injured, they wouldn't have even sniffed the playoffs. Not that they did anything when they were in the playoffs, but they wouldn't have gone to where they were at all. They would have been at the bottom of the fucking barrel. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Don't even try oh, to yeah. argue that they no. would be. Yeah. And like, it, imagine, like, just imagine playing, like, McDavid playing with two elite wingers. Like, how how good. Or even competent wingers. They don't they, have to be elite. They imagine, like, Taylor Hall and Jordan Everly on his wings. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, just some competent uh, wingers. Still this good. Like, they they need to build around them. They have Duncan to. is their only defenseman besides Darnell Nurse that isn't paid two million or lower at the moment. To be fair, they got a couple young guys on there, but yeah. no, oh no, they I know to, they like, need to play them though. Like they don't, they that's have they, the thing. they like, Evan they're Nurse young, they but are they, they playing? Play no, and they're probably they're gonna re-sign Adam Larson. I would assume it, that's not horrible. Like he's a good defense defenseman, but not for long term. But oh um, man. Yeah. And they're probably going to sign Tyson Berry again. <laughs> no, they, if they sign Tyson Berry. I have no hope for that team if they sign no. if they resign Tyson Berry. What was what, did we did we ever bring this up that Tyson Berry is the first defenseman in NHL history yeah. to lead the NHL in defensive scoring but not get a single Norris fault? As, no, as, yeah. as, as is deserved, honestly. Dude, yeah. Oscar Clefbaum is unlikely to play in 2021-22. Yeah, yeah, I think then, he's exempt from the draft, which is good for them, I suppose. But then how are they gonna protect Duncan Keith? Dude, is he gonna play another NHL game? I don't I know, man. That's not. it's very highly unlikely because he's just he had his NHL career just stolen from him by injuries. Yeah, the Derrick Rose of Edmonton, unbelievable. Anyways, <laughs> he's the king of Edmonton. Uh, you need to just you don't ever. Alex Chason is only thirty years old. Wow. I remember when he was, like, the next thing for the Stars, when he yeah. scored, like, what, six goals in his first 12 games or some shit like Probably, that. Yeah. Gets a really hot start with Dallas, and now he's just a guy. Juju got traded so, for Jason Spezza. Oh, my God, Jason Spezza. Yeah, he was part of that. Okay, so here is the – um, okay. Edmonton has $11.5 million in, in, uh, in cap. On forward, they have – Chase on. Oh, so let me go to the, they, the uh, unrestricted. So unrestricted. I know they have forward. to sign Yamamoto. Yes, yeah. So unrestricted uh, free agents going on defense and forwards. They have Chase on, Tyler Ennis, uh, Patrick Russell. That's all it is for forwards on defense. It's uh, Slater Cuckoo, Dmitry Kulikov, Adam Larson. Um, known should have one Norris uh, player, Tyson Berry. Um, Ed Goley, um, Mike Smith is a UFA. You better fucking let him go. I swear to God, like, he's like forty years old. 
let me look at that exact. Uh, Mike Smith is right now 39. His uh, birthday is uh, March 22nd. Uh, he's gonna be sure 40 this upcoming he's like really season. Really good then. for the He's gonna be 40, you know, because you know he's gonna get another season. You know he's gonna play another oh, year. 100. They're gonna resign him. I'm so confident yes. that they are going to. They're gonna resign to like four. It's gonna be two times four. Okay. I'm calling. That's I'm putting my bet right there. Only RFAs they have to resign are on full forward, and Yamamoto. it's uh, Jujarkera, Cahoon, and yes, Yamamoto. Oh, Cahoon's a free, uh, restricted free agent. Okay, he's still 26. So yeah, he's a restricted free agent too. Um, I bet he's so he one year away from UFA. Yeah, I bet he resigns. I mean, you know, he'll probably sign like a one-year deal and just go to UFA and hope that to God he plays with McDavid and gets a decent amount of points. <laughs> yeah, yeah, honestly, yeah, and go play with his German buddy Stutzla or something. Go, uh. Go play with Pierre Maguire's hey, team. Hey, no, play with his German buddy Lucas Reichel in Chicago. You're oh shit. No, I'd actually like Dominic Cahoon back. But Pia Suter's better, so actually Sheesh. never mind. Hey, hey, yeah. we might we might have two suitors on the Blackhawks now. Oh we yeah, ever, we'll did we ever that bring that up? The suitors. We'll, no, we'll get into that. We'll get into that. So, out, but yeah, eleven and a half mil for all of that. I'm not sure how I feel about that. I'm an Edmonton fan. I don't know if I'm like that at all. Um, but yeah, let's get into it. Um, speaking of, uh, by, by the way, you can avoid it all that by not trading for Duncan Keith, but anyways, yeah, you, you, I know <laughs> you did not need to do that anyways. Um, yes. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, Pierce, why don't you, uh, get into that? So we were talking about this before it took us 10 attempts to start the podcast. Like 2012 was a fucking crazy off season, like right before the lockout, like, holy shit. Um, the Shea Weber contract was signed. We were talking about that. Like, what is it if he retires that the Nashville will have like a $24, $25 million like uh, thing towards the cap, something like that. It's ridiculous. And then you look at the two, uh, like Parise and Suter, how they signed their contracts on the same day. They signed those 13-year deals, I think worth $98 million. <laughs> they invested $200 million, almost $200 million into two players. And what what do they do? What did the Wild do in those nine years? Uh, I think they made the second round twice, losing both to Chicago and other than that, like nothing, nothing with that franchise. Um, and uh, hang on, I got I, I got to pull up the uh, like what the cap hits are, but I I believe the first year is like I think they it's four million against the cap, but then it starts and then it's fourteen for two years. Oh my god, that's ridiculous! Fourteen million dollars for two for players not to play for nothing. No, no, I, I like the, I think, I love when uh, Steve Dangle, I think it was Steve Dangle who would say this, who really drive this home, you're paying them to, to play against you. Yeah, you're pretty much. Play against you. You're paying $14 million. It's not even like, oh, you can put them on long-term injury reserve. You're paying them $14 million to play against you a couple times a year. And oh, to go, get go within the next division, might be six times plus. Oh, Zach Parise, Blackhawk, Ryan Suter, oh, Blackhawk. I would like Zach Ryan Parise Suter. Is to go to the Islanders. Yeah, that's yeah, what I was, I was thinking. Say, that seems like a logical fit for them. Because of Lou, especially. Yeah, that oh, trade almost happened last year. Yeah. yeah. Parise <laughs> is made for the New York Islanders right now. He needs he to go. He take Leo Kamala's spot on the fourth line. <laughs> hey, the first line, man. Oh, boy. Hey, you know Toronto's going to sign him because of uh, pedigree, so. Hey, he wore a Toronto Maple Leafs hat when he was a kid, so that must mean something. Mm. <laughs> Wait, really? Yeah, I saw a picture of that, like wearing him wearing a Maple Leafs hat when he was of like a child. They're already thinking ahead of me. And uh, 
You know what? Pittsburgh wouldn't be a bad fit for him either. I could see him going to Pittsburgh because I think him and Crosby played at Shattuck St. Mary's together. I believe oh, something oh, like that. <laughs> something <laughs> like that. I don't know, but where I don't he know. grew up in Minnesota, so he's already gone to his hometown. Minnesota. So we can't. We, we don't have the easy Minnesota. guy. We have the easy hometown pick, but no, I think he, he goes no, to the Islanders or Penguins. Well, he didn't he grow up in Minnesota? No, I'm talking about Ryan Suter. Ryan Suter's a Wisconsin oh, boy, so he can Wisconsin. go to the Blackhawks. Hello, Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, I would like Ryan Suter and the Blackhawks. And I was looking at Dom Lucision's things, and it said, like, like it, like it his numbers are still, like, quite good, and he can play in a top four role. So, I mean, he's not going to want a lot, I bet. Like, maybe a two-year deal, like, worth three or four million or something like that. I don't know if he gets that much or paid that little, but I don't know. I think that would make sense to bring There's him in. Yeah, some of Underlying numbers are kind of inflated by his teammates at the same time. A little oh, bit yeah, he's definitely playing alongside yeah. Jared Spurgeon helps, but, like, he's not a bad defenseman. Oh, yeah. I'd say he'd be a great second, third for the Hawks. I mean, he'd, well, he'd probably get first pairing minutes right out of the gate, seeing how their left side is right now. Um, but I wouldn't I wouldn't hate to see him uh, alongside, I don't know, I'm Murphy, Dougie Hamilton. I mean, I would like it, too, but then there's the logical side of me that's just, like, if – I'm Ryan Suter, and I'm not ring chasing. What the hell am I doing right now? He's made over 100 mil in his career. I'm signing in Tampa at League Men. I don't care. Or Colorado. If I'm Ryan Suter, that's what I'd do. I'm so stupid. If I'm Colorado. Go play with your buddy. Like... Or go play with the buddy in Dallas. Go play with Pavelski. Go play in Vegas. Like I, if I'm Ryan Suter, I would I would want to win. Unless his unless he's trying to like stay close to his family and he doesn't want no, to. No, I think I think Suter would fit perfectly in uh, Colorado or Vegas. I think that's perfect. Vegas, I feel like makes perfect sense because they won't be able to afford Martinez, and then they bring in Suter instead. It's the Brad Richards thing, dude. You just sign yeah. him. No, because he's getting how much for the next fucking... He could sign league minimum. It wouldn't matter. He should sign league exactly. minimum, honestly. That's exactly what he should do. That's he's what Corey Perry's doing he's right still now. Gonna get money. Hey, Montreal wouldn't be bad. Forever. Montreal wouldn't be bad for him and Weber to play together again. That would Stop be fun. It. That would actually be fun. That's... They kind of do need a left-handed shot a little bit. So. Yeah, but I don't know. That's oh, no, but sorry. I forgot Ben Chirot. Ben Chirot and Joel ben Edmondson. Ben a star, according to Montreal media. <laughs> I saw that tweet, Pierce, and I almost like... My brain melted. I was like, oh, my gosh. Jeez. <laughs> oh, Sherrod is a star. If Suter wants to sign for a reasonable contract, maybe, but Sherrod is staying on this team. Oh, you bet he is. I feel like one thing that's getting overlooked in these buyouts, though, is what the fuck is Minnesota doing? Besides putting all their eggs in the cap's going to go up next year. Basketball. I hope that they go after Eichel. I don't care that they're in our division. I want I want to see a big trade. I want hey, to see if any Minnesota team's going to blow up on the Eichel trade. Let it be the wild. Yeah. <laughs> or, Again, um, Minnesota is always the team. <laughs> I think I saw this. Thoughts. Pause. Jeff yeah. and Elliot think that the Columbus Blue Jackets will ask for Doc or to bring it Mitchell and a pick. <laughs> Bye. Fuck off. Oh. Fuck off. <laughs> no way. Bye. Oh. Who, who did Elliot get that source from? Yarmo? You get it from Yarmo? <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, Bowman hey. told me so. Uh, sources, just trust me, bro. Get this fucking like concept of where Seth Jones is now worth more than what Eric Carlson got. I don't know where this like notion came from. All hey, but he's big and plays a lot of minutes, and he's a right-handed shot. What Freed said last week, where Freed was like, "Oh, I don't think Chicago trades for him. I think they go after him in free agency next year." I wouldn't hate Mitchell on like, a something. Mitchell is second and like another forward prospect. Okay, like, good lord, I'm not giving up Bo- 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 Bo-
That, no, that was definitely is, from a Columbus source. The you know Brinkett, that because the Brinkett was one of the people that was floated around. No, the, no thank you. the fact that anyone thinks they're getting Alex to Brinkett is just beyond me. It is no. Last year, last no, year would have been your chance to get him. Last year would have been your chance to get him. Yeah, I'm sorry. Like Brink, I know. Sorry, if we're getting, if you're trading to Brinkett, give us Patrick Line too. Come on, give us Patrick Line because I'm yeah, sorry, exactly. I, I think to Brink is worth more than at the moment. The Brinkett was really better than Jones. <laughs> Seriously. Like, that's <laughs> wild, bro. I'm sure you put the Brinkett on the back end and he would play better defense than Jones. What we did last year. Whatever. I'm not going to bet on a guy that likes Candace Owens. I, I would anyway. just love that. Oh my but God. no guarantees even, like, why. Bro, it's just so stupid. Not to get political or anything. I've already said. Not to I'm get pretty political st- on the PJ's cast. Dude, I'm pretty sure a source said Chicago wouldn't even want to make a trade unless he wanted to extend. Who says the fucker wants to extend here? Who cares? Just exactly. go. It, it just, it, it, it's crazy. Sorry, Hamilton. The conversation right now is, do we give up all these assets for this guy who clearly is on the decline the last three years? Or do we not give up a single asset and just pay the guy who's going to be a free agent this offseason who you don't have to give anyone up for and will easily do the exact same thing? It's literally logic, too. It's like, it's fucking crazy that this is even a fucking discussion. Like, (laughs) I'm sorry, we're GM. This is basics 101. (laughs) And who's to say four oranges, but I go get six oranges. Like, the fuck, man? Like, I don't even know how this is a conversation still. Wow, that was great. Yeah. <laughs> I love when, I love when Schmitty gets pissed because it's the same energy as was, Jonah Hill yelling as Michael Sierra in Superbass. Just oh every... My God, that's right. that's oh, my God, bro. It's so fucking, fucking stupid. Funny. Oh, and here's the thing. Um, Among many things... Um, <laughs> among us. Um, okay, man. <laughs> We haven't even talked about the fact that Nikita Zadorov is going to get a 6 by 8 dude. I'd rather oh the fucking God. overpay Zadorov to do that shit. God dude. damn. <laughs> dude, trust me. I would much rather pay Zadorov like Duncan Keats' contract than go give up the sun and the moon for Seth Jones. Yeah. If no, because you're going to pay Seth Jones more. Go pay Zadorov if that's the, if that's no, the because you're going to pay – and this is, this is how big of a problem it could be to get Seth Jones – is that you're going to pay him more than Zadorov, and you're going to have to give up the sun and the moon to get him in the first place. Zadorov is not... Zadorov's around the same level, honestly. I'm hey, sorry. Like he's just... What was the first thing Bowman said in the offseason interviews? We are not going to take away from a strength to try to like strengthen a weakness. Why the fuck would they take away from a forward core that they are very comfortable with at the moment going into the future to address a weakness that would just make the forward core dog shit again? Exactly. Like, it, they'll trade prospects, maybe. But like, like, I'm so not, glad Freege is in the ear of all the Columbus reporters right now. I'm so glad he's getting Columbus's side of everything for 31 Thoughts, because I promise you none of these guys are Chicago sources. I no, promise. dude. I would for them to, like, Obviously. I would love for them to get, like, three Chicago sources and see what they Don't think. Don't get Scott Powers on 31 Thoughts. Then I'll believe you. It's when Scott yeah, Powers says to bring it to Docker and talks, or Ben Pope says it, or Mark Lazarus says it, then I'll believe you. But I'm pretty sure the Powers said they writer thinks it's going to happen. You could suck my left nut. I'm pretty sure <laughs> Powers says, like, they're, that specifically they're not, that don't count on it. That's not going to happen because, like, you know, even Bowman wouldn't do that. Um, I wouldn't put it against him. He loves getting fleeced by Yarmo Kekalainen, so. Okay, that's, that's He's got some point. unhealthy kink for that. Like, why? Yeah. Okay, yeah. He's going well for a third time, guys. Like, what the hell? Like, 
who is, can Rocky Wars just bang Stan Bowman over the head with a hammer and just be like, why do you keep trading with this stupid team? You no, only bang for reason, but for other reasons. Like, you know, uh, yeah, many other reasons, too, yeah. Um, okay, so looking at free agency, here, um, here are a few guys that I would take over um, Seth Jones. Uh, fuck David Savard, Adam Larson, Alec Martinez. Um, that is my phone alarm. <laughs> Uh, Dougie Hamilton, uh, Madison is retired, so no. Nicholas Jalmerson probably is going to be retired. And he retired. He's oh, he is. Well, he's taking a year off. For, for, for sure. Oh, he's yeah, he's done. He's done. Yeah, so that's like a yeah. Swedish tier two league. Yeah, he's he's going back to be closer to his family. Seventy one just got relegated too. Dude, I I get oh, Connor yeah, Carrick no. over Seth Jones. Just for the fact that at least Connor Carrick is he like has a, a podcast like us. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love Connor Carrick, dude. Saw him practicing in my local. And another Rick thing Bulls. I want to bring up is like we brought up the fact that Vegas had to shed contracts like Stastny and Schmidt last year. Who's to say even if we don't get uh, Hamilton or Jones, like we don't get like a maybe get a top four defenseman like an H Schmidt? Not necessarily the same contract, but like if a team with a lot of salary cap wants to get rid of like a top four defenseman who maybe is a little bit overpaid, has like a couple years left, and the Blackhawks got that new cap space, I would take advantage of it. Nate Schmidt right after he was tossed to Vegas. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Keith. Not not him in Ducky particular. Keith. We're gonna go get Nick Letty. We're gonna get. Ducky. Yeah. I saw that. He has the same exact contract as Keith. I'm pretty sure. Like yeah. uh, money wise. Mm-hmm. I don't know about the term, but I think he's paid the same. It's, it's the same term. I think the term it's is the same a little term. bit more. Hold it's up, no, let me look it up. I might be wrong on that, though. Yeah, one year left for Nick Letty. I would know. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. One, one year left at five and a half. Yeah, it's 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 gotcha. Duncan Keith's contract, but with one year less. Um, Do you – I don't know. Has Letty – okay, Schmidt, you're no. closer to the East. Or, yeah, he hasn't been good, has he? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. no. Okay. If you ask any Islanders fans, they will say he was a power play merchant this year. There's a reason he's on their third pair. Okay, yeah. I don't want that then, no. He's a great puck-moving defenseman, but he can't play defense. Well, just get a Mike Riley then. You know, like you don't. That too, that works. You're the guy who actually can play a little bit of defense. I just, <sighs> dude, it's just wild. Something, anything that's not Seth Jones, man. Honestly, yeah, honestly, like there's probably a name out there that we're not even saying that would be yeah, bad. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and like that's the thing. Again, so you know he's gonna make a ton of money too. Exactly, dude. Yeah. Like Pat Brisson is Pat Brisson. <laughs> Pat Brisson gets whatever the fuck he wants for his players. It's just the way it is. He and fucking Ferris or Darren Ferris do. As much as I hate Ferris's ways, he oh, always gets his players. No. Uh, you don't. You don't have to agree with his methods. And he's a damn good agent. That's all. That's all you gotta say. Yeah. He's a shitty person, but he's a good agent. And that's kind of all easy. the player wants him to be, dude. The player, I don't think the players give a shit as long as you're not like make me money, man. As long as you're not racist, like make where's me money. my money? I really wish the Hawks weren't in the Central either, because I feel like there's a lot of teams in the Central that could be willing to give up like a defenseman who's actually good, because they're on the verge of like retooling and stuff. But like we're in the division, so we're never gonna be able to trade for him. Like I, I'm very surprised we haven't heard Colton Pareko's name in trade rumors yet because I don't think the Blues are going to re-sign him. So, dude, dude, oh my god, I would take him here in a 
fucking heartbeat. Oh my yeah, god! Like, I don't care if it's a St. Louis. You still got Ekholm's name hanging around out there. Yeah. Like, he might extend with them. I'm pretty sure with the Predators, which I hope Ekholm. they do. That. That's yeah, funny. Oh my he's god! Yeah. So go ahead, please. I can't, I hope that he, they extend him and then he gets uh, traded the deadline. Yeah. Speaking of, uh, Pecorine retired today. Yeah, that's right. And I'm honestly uh, pretty fucking bummed he didn't get a cup. I was hoping he'd go somewhere else. Yeah. And you know what? Yeah, like, there's always That's on the Dave Boyle for making him one of his three yeah. untouchables at the deadline this year. Yeah, fuck Boyle for that, man. And, and obviously, we're rivals with the Nashville Predators, but, like, if you look at Pecorine's yeah. career, like, obviously, he had his ups and downs, but, man, like, a Vesna trophy. He was there Dude. with that franchise for so long. Like, congrats to him, man. Like, that's a great career. The fact he won a Vesna. Like, about rivalries, dude. Um, you know, we're hockey fans first, and Pecorine is one of the best to do it, man. And I've heard he's just a class act. He, won, he just won the King yeah. Clancy trophy. He does a lot of work off ice, so nothing but respect for him, man. Like, yeah. good for him. Exactly. Exactly. But also, fuck him for scoring a goal against us. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, I oh, like, did you see in his Players' <laughs> Tribune article he brought up sweeping the Blackhawks as, like, his favorite moment of his career? Oh, and, I, and I really wanted to be that salty guy and just be like, yeah, a first-round sweep is the highlight of your career. Congratulations. <laughs> like, I'm not trying to be that guy, but, like, if you're highlighting your career, little first snot guy, is hot. Like, that's the little, because, like, little brother mentality. We get to go, oh, like, good career, man. You know, congrats on that little time where you beat us in the first round. That was really cute or whatever. And then but, you can bust it in the Stanley Cup final. But no one likes to talk about that. No one likes oh, to talk about that. Oh, it's a shame that he didn't win, you know, one of the three cups that we won while he was in the league. That's so sad. Darn. Including the um, one where we beat him in the playoffs to get there. Darn. Twice. Oh, well. Yeah. <laughs> twice. Colton <laughs> 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 oh, Pareko. Hey, but he's got more goals than any Blackhawks goalie, so he's got that <laughs> on his belt. <laughs> oh, I just realized Colton Pareko and Nicoletti get paid the same amount this year. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> hey, both are Stanley Cup champions. The same time. Oh, true. Yes, that's true. Both one-time well, Stanley One's a good Canadian kid from Alberta, Fort Saskatchewan. Yeah, and one's a bomb, and his name's Colton Pareko. Uh, is Nick Letty from Fort Saskatchewan? Uh, I guess so because I can't imagine being a St. Louis Blue and not being a bum. You know what? Yeah, honestly, I know he had his back injury, but I mean, well, okay. I just thought about that. I'm like, well, he's had his back injury, but he's had time to recover. And then I remembered that Derek Rico just said that the medical, he just talked about how the medical staff completely fucked him over. Oh. Yeah, that yeah, Tarasenko no. trade's going to get muddy real quick because every team's oh, asking for their medical records right now. Yeah. So, dude, dude, think about the fact that, like, this is so. Okay, I'm going to put aside my, like, Chicago bias and my enjoyment of how bad things are in St. Louis. <laughs> I'm fucking crazy. We literally won a cup two years ago, but yeah. <laughs> it changes, dude. Two years ago, they won their first cup, and then now they're. I don't want a playoff round. They, they they didn't they got they've won two playoff games. What you get for not re-signing Alex Petrangelo and signing Tory Krug, like and doubling down and getting Justin Falk, like oh two moves that made absolutely that no has sense. To be, that was horrible. Dude, that I don't know why the great. Blues went for Justin Falk. That move made no sense at the time, and it still oh, doesn't yeah. make any it's sense. And I, and they got him signed. I don't even think Justin Falk was bad last year, but it's just like you didn't. Eat He's going to be bad. That he had a good year last year. Not this is not that he's like. Well, it's not the flurry thing at all, actually, but like it's it's one of those years where I'm just like, yeah, he was good this year. Don't fucking count on that happening ever again. 
Like this isn't even like this isn't even like uh you know with Flurry. I was talking about that earlier. That's like he's like an IO. It's like an every other year kind of thing. Justin Falk doesn't have seasons like that anymore. He's not going to be that good again. I, I can bet on that. Trust me, he's so that, not that guy. Get, he's not that guy. Once not again, guy. this Absolutely. is another reason why I'm kind of for the Hawks taking a run at Flurry because yeah. our division is probably well, the Pacific the shit show. General is yeah, cool. the West is a shit show, guys. Yeah. Like, if Colorado will make a four seed. I'm pr- I, I promise think you. you. I think you got me convinced on the Flurry one because yeah, they, I mean they need the backup, they need the veteran presence, but he could be like dirt cheap. You really could probably up like and there's the no and, there's no way where that deal can end poorly. No, you're right. You're absolutely if, right. Even if he sucks, you can just trade him again at the deadline. Yeah, so, exactly. I'd probably get more than what you traded for him. Facts. Like, but um, and then you like, but like, look at what's going on in our division right now. You have Nashville, who's in a flux. No one knows what the hell they're doing. Colorado's going to be first. Everyone knows that. Yeah, yeah. Dallas, I would assume, would be second because they're going to be healthy. And then you have, like, Minnesota, who just cleared a bunch of cap space, and then they're going to be in cap hell. Well, Don't what know what the hell's going on though? there. What are they going to do with it, though? They need to do something with it. I no, hold up. Sign uh, up to know. I have no fucking no, idea. No, Michael. Get, get <laughs> Jack Michael. We're going to get out. No, boy, no. They need centers, bro. Stop. <laughs> uh, Oh, I just went back Eichel and you went to Philip to know. That's evil. That's evil. That's the most Minnesota thing ever. Minnesota. Twelve million. Fourteen million. Fourteen million. It would. It would be good. Yeah, but like, it's just like why well, it could happen. And then you got um. Winnipeg. What the hell is Winnipeg going to do oh, yeah, this year? They're, I, like, they're not making moves on their back end to fix that. And then you got us. Like oh, Arizona. <laughs> yeah. so, so apparently Brandon Hagel is not. I promise you, if we're healthy, like not eligible we, for an offer sheet. Yeah. Yeah, that's fucking sweet. I did not know that could happen. Um, but it's yeah, he's up too. Yeah, like Kaprizov's fucking sticking around overseas right now with his agent. Dude, he's going to Chicago. Let's go. Yeah. And here's the thing: this is the perfect storm for the Blackhawks to make the playoffs when no one expects it. And And no, it really is. If they make the right moves, like if they go get a Dougie Hamilton and go get Mark Andre Fleury, that team can compete for a wild card spot. The Pacific. You look at the Pacific, there's only going to be three teams that come out because it's Vegas and who the fuck else? Like Edmonton. Vegas, Edmonton's going to probably make it, and yeah, then Calgary and then, or Vancouver gets their head screwed on straight. Yeah, Maybe LA, even. Be, Maybe LA. There's not going to be four no, teams coming from that division. There's just going to be five teams from the Central. And Blackhawks could take uh, those spots. What if Martinez yeah. goes back to LA? Honestly. I heard they might go after Schwartz or Saad, and that's a good fit. Saad with Kopitar. <laughs> That'd be fun. Uh, no, Saad with Arvidsson and Kopitar. That's not That's bad. a fun line. That's a fun yeah. line. Or uh, they can just put them both with the last year. Give you actual wingers. Oh, God. I, I'll never let go of that 2014, that 2014 conference finals. That still hurts. I know Ryan Suter wants to win a cup, but L.A. could be a very good fit for Ryan Suter because they need left-handed Suter, shots Gowdy? on the back end. Well, how old is Suter? Like I think he's thirty five or six. No, he's got a, he's got he's got a ring chase. He's got a ring chase. I would say so too, but like I don't know, maybe LA yeah. like five times too. Some more money, money. Shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like money talks, bro. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it does. I mean, I guess he, they still can move him. You know, it's not like they not yeah. they you know don't have to. Or it's not like they can't. Yeah. Um shit. So uh 
and you got the Blues who are looking like they're blowing it up, or at least retooling in a yeah. way that looks like it's blowing it up. So <laughs> I have no idea what's going to go on with that Tarasenko situation. No, no, no I, not a clue. Like, not a clue. You could get like you, someone could like pay up a decent amount for him, or someone just could like pay nothing. He's yeah. gonna go to Florida on like pennies on the dollar. It's gonna be hilarious. Oh please, Florida oh, or Tarasenko and Barkov, please, 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 please. <laughs> that would be hot. Oh, my God. Or or the my Islanders. Favorite Islanders like Everly for Tarasenko straight up. Watch that be a trade. I oh, wouldn't be God. if I was an Islanders fan. Because you just want to still compete, so they're gonna want a roster player back. Yeah. Oh they my think god! It's gonna be compete. Boston, and they're gonna get like DeBrusque and someone else. They're just gonna get like they're gonna get two players that just aren't even close to Tarasenko. Dude, and then Tarasenko Tarasenko. Go Hall and Krejci. Oh my god! Yeah, Hall, Hall better be. <laughs> <laughs> oh, There's been so many like Calgary rumors too. There's no way he's gonna Calgary. Like, oh no! No way he's gonna Calgary. No, please no. Oh, and there's no way you're getting Matthew Kachuk for him. No, not a chance in hell. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm Calgary and they want Kachuk, it's like, all right, give us Pareko, give us fucking, um, I don't even Robert know. Robert Thomas. Yeah, Robert <laughs> Thomas probably, or Jordan Cairo. Like, because all these guys have literally the entire. Like, who wants Braden Shen for six more years? Like, they, but like, I don't know how good he's going to be in six years. Like, yeah, well, they got some questionable contracts on that team right now. It's also, crazy. Riley's up in two years, so if they suck, that could get real interesting. Yeah, I have to head out in a couple minutes, but I'm curious. Um, oh, shit, it completely escaped my mind. Oh, oh, so with the Hawks right now, they've got about just under 11 mil in cap space. Let's just say 11 mil. Who do we, we think? 20, 22 with LTIR. 22 yeah, with LTIR. Yeah, yeah. Who do we think that uh, Seattle's taking? Like, I think uh, they try to give a sweetener for them to take Calvin DeHaan so okay. they get more cap space. Pierce, what do you think? I think I think they don't do anything, and I think they take. I, I think they protect Campbell for Goddad, and they take Goddad. That's what okay. happens. That's the same That's thing. I, I could see Dehan going honestly. Yeah, you yeah. can get you get the sweetener involved in there. You can get extra cap room for whatever they're gonna do. I I depart with Dehan and Goddad just to get rid of Dehan. I wouldn't even mind it either. Yeah. The no, real yeah. question is like, do you even need to protect three defensemen? No, you just no, need they to protect might Murphy probably yeah, protect Murphy and Jones, and that's it. Like, I mean, I protect the dwarf. You don't even need don't to go seven three one at this point. You can just eat skaters because you don't need to protect Calvin Nahan. You don't need to protect Nikita Zadorov because Nikita Zadorov is Nikita Zadorov. And essentially, yeah. Like the main guy you'd have to protect, but I mean, other than that, just protect like mostly like. Like obviously the top guys, but then like some of the bottom six younger forwards. Like Hamilton, they could realistically take a run at Hamilton. They could yeah, realistically they, take a run at Hamilton. Yeah, no, there's a reason that's been in the news for the last month because yeah. like with this LTIR space, they got more cap space than they've had in the last decade. So and, they could, and if yeah. you make if you try to trade for Seth Jones, I I certainly imagine it would be sometime after the expansion draft because there's no 100%. way they're trading for him before the expansion draft because he's getting yeah. taken up a spot. The only trade yeah, I can see happening before veteran defenseman before the trade deadline. Why would you do that? You I, could I probably would... trade for Flurry before just because Lankin is exempt, I think. But that would be it. I don't think he is. I could. Is he not exempt? Elander exempt too. Elander's exempt. Yeah, we, I know Elander's exempt, but let me. Yeah, but I thought Lankin would count as a second-year player because he, he played last year at Rockford. But or is it his yeah, age? I don't know. He might not be, but it's whatever. Uh, uh, I don't it remember. Says that Lankin is uh, not. I think it's a pro seasons, right? 
how many pro seasons they have. I don't know. Yeah, I'm many. pretty sure. No, he's not exempt. So he must have played an extra year in the AHL. That they I would have had. They would have to get Flurry after the expansion. No, he's played about two or three years in the AHL. I think before this. And then yeah, he played so. in over in Finland pro too. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, I mean that's not the worst though because I mean you don't. There's no other goalie you need to protect besides him. No. Yeah. Oh, just trade. Watch, watch, watch Seattle take Subban. Like, just completely out of the blue. They're like, yeah, we need a backup. So, or third. Yeah, or third yeah, string that's goal. Yeah. Yeah, that's perfectly fine. Yeah. Like, Subban, 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 or they like take Brett Conley because they're like, we need goals. And it's like, sure. <laughs> we need Stanley Cup experience. I, I, it still blows my mind that we have Brett Conley's contract on the books right now. Like, I don't. <laughs> Borks, I hope Borkstrom's good because that deal was a little interesting. <laughs> Fucking, what was it? Someone's got to score the goals. That's the line. Everyone's like, no, sometimes just nobody scores because you're bad. <laughs> you think of a seventh round like pick out of that deal. All right, guys. Well, I hope I so. Do and uh, hopefully by the time I come back, Zadorov's got his six by six contract oh, wrapped up. Shut up! Like, <laughs> why, dudes? Hey, it was good talking to you, Spencer. Good seeing you, fella. Fella. Uh, hey, you know, I, actually, I haven't been on the fella. podcast in like what two to three weeks. So, uh, fucking great being back here, boys. Especially oh, with rights, uh, boys. all the fucking all right, the boys. boys. Fucking rights. Two S's. Just double the beauties Shh. today. Hell yeah. <laughs> All right, boys, I'll talk to you. Catch you on the flippity flip. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I wonder if the Hawks protect Stillman, too. Because, like, I could see, like. Big deal. Yeah. I don't know. Because, like, I I know they got to protect Jones now, and they got to protect him. Yeah. I just think it's funny that, like, it sounds like another reason Edmonton made this trade, too, is because they were going to lose Jones in the expansion draft. But it's like, yeah, now you have to protect Duncan Keith. Like, it yeah, literally makes no sense. I'm still fucking dumbfounded about the yeah, trade, guys. Like, I don't understand. I don't understand how we got rid of Duncan Keith's contract without salary retaining. Without retaining? That's the huge part of it. Like, no salary retaining. It, it, what did I tell you, like, months ago, Pierce? Because, like, we talked about this, like, a couple weeks ago, and Pierce was like, oh, we're going to have to give up something when we trade him. I was like, dude, I remember that athletic article around the deadline where all the scouts said people would still give up shit for Keith, which is yeah. ridiculous. It tells you how much analytics matters in front yeah. offices. Yeah, I was going to bring that up as one part of me was thinking we'd have to give up a sweetener for him because he's not as good as he used to be in that contract, but then there's another half of me. It's like, what analytic people think, what we think is different from what front offices think, so. It's... It, and it, that it's, this trade boggles my mind though is like analytics are based like they're based off the eye test like they're based off what you see on the ice. That's, that's like, like you watch the game. These guys watch the game like evidence. three times or over. Stats. It's like it's like you watch a team. Yeah, you watch a team of good analytics, and it's like it's like yeah, it's usually because they have the puck all the time. That's why. Like, <laughs> and it's like no, but the eye test, this team looked good. I'm like, they had the puck and they're in a third of their game or like two thirds of the game. Like, that's not that's not a good hockey team. Like, <laughs> and the crazy. like, let's just put it this way: the Hawks should be like very, very, very grateful. They have been one of the best rush teams in the last decade. Because like, if they weren't good on the rush. They would be the worst team in hockey. I promise you, because they can't score on the cycle. It's it's not happening. It's not <laughs> like oh my gosh. It yeah, it's not happening. And it sucks because we're never gonna get rid of Carlton's system either until the fucking bald head goes. Because <laughs> that's his golden goose, guys. That's golden goose. The system that has only benefited like three players in the last four years of having it, or three years of having it. 
Or his system. The only player I've ever seen benefit from him is Connor Murphy. And Patrick Kane that one year where he got the cherry pick and get 100. <laughs> yeah. That's it. <laughs> like, whatever. But. Montreal extended uh, Dominic Ducharme for three years, which is interesting because, yes, they just made the run at the cup final, but. I was looking at some stats. Like, I don't have the exact stats in front of me, but, like, when they had Claude Julien, they were, like, a legitimately good possession team. They just couldn't get the finishing. And, uh, but, like, if it was a full season with uh, Dominic Ducharme as the head coach within the North Division or even the Atlantic Division, it doesn't matter. But, like, they're not making the playoffs. They don't go on that run. And, obviously, again, they just went to the Stanley Cup final. It's not like he's just this horrible head coach. But uh, three years is uh, certainly interesting for Dominic Ducharme. And I think this is a huge uh, year for Montreal to prove it because, they're, again, they're going back to the Atlantic. You're going to be go- playing against Boston, Toronto, Florida, um, Tampa Bay. I, I yeah, can't Stanley Cup that. champions, those chestnuts. Yeah. yeah. And, like, Ottawa's, Ottawa's probably going to be competitive. Maybe even Detroit. I don't think Buffalo is because they're Buffalo. <laughs> but it's going to be Buffalo even have a hockey And it's going to be tough for them because they got these challenges. It's like, yeah, you made it to the Stanley Cup final, but a lot of it is what have you done for me lately? And if they don't make the playoffs, ooh, that's going to be tough. And uh, I think Mark Bergerman is up Bergerman's next year up as year. well. So that's also going to be interesting. Um they got a lot of young prospects. Like, uh, I I think I saw Jake Allen as can, could, could go in the expansion draft, and they might want to trade him. Then that gives a chance to someone like Kane Primo. You got Alexander Romanov, who played, like, what, three games, and he got one goal in the cup final? <laughs> like, he could play him more. Um, you got Kane Gooley as well. You just got this young forward core with guys like Caulfield, Suzuki, and Kotkaniemi. And... They got a bunch of other like older players like Philip Denol. Did they re-sign him or not? Um, they got defensemen on their left side. Yeah, that that as well. I completely forgot about that. Um, do they do they like what do they do with Edmondson and Sherratt? Because they're they're he's, they're blocking up the left side with guys like uh, again Romanov and Gouli waiting in the weeds. So. Yeah, um, Montreal, it always just seems like they're that fascinating team, especially with Mark Bergevin, because you just never know what you're going to get with that guy. So Montreal is, to me, is one of the fascinating teams to watch this offseason as well. How are they going to are they gonna try to improve to uh, on their team by going to the cup final? I'm not exactly sure. They're definitely they're up there with one of my teams to watch this offseason. 100%. I, um, I, I just think Montreal is going to have a rough season next year. Oh, me too. I think I don't they're going to have a rough season because they get, they're going to have all these expectations and almost like it, Dallas in a way. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, exactly like Dallas. Honestly. I saw this tweet. It's like, what was the last time a Stanley Cup finalist didn't make the playoffs next year? And I'm like, last fucking year. Dallas. <laughs> <laughs> and then you have like the Kings literally won the cup in 20 or 2014 and missed the next year. Yeah. Like this shit happens. Like it's the NHL, <laughs> but Oh my god! Like I just, I don't see how this signing ends well for them. Like the team, they played better than Luke Richardson when he was the coach. It's just plain and yeah, simple. Yeah. Like I, I don't, I don't know. And then also no. like there's the there's that side that you I think you brought up where it's like if they played a full season this year they probably would have got beaten out for the fourth spot by Ottawa. So I was in the North Division. In the North Division, like yeah. <laughs> now you gotta. Face the Stanley Cup champion and th- three other teams who are very well qualified to Toronto. Yeah, you beat Toronto in a seven-game series. Congratulations, Boston's laughing with you because they've done it three other times. <laughs> but like, <sighs> they're, they're just like 
if I'm Montreal, you either got to make a splash to make your team better because you can't go in with the same team. Eichel? I, I, I was going to allude to that. Yes, I do think they should go for Jack Eichel because, I mean, you have the room, you have the prospects, and just the roster players to pull it off, I would think. Like, I would think one of Kakanyemi or Suzuki can get that done. Yeah. But they have I the would, draft picks too. They, they start with like Kakadiemi. They have ten draft picks. You yeah. give them a prospect, maybe give them Primo if you really, really want to get that center. And then you finally get the number one center of the franchise is needed for fifteen years. Yeah, he'll probably take till around December to come back from the surgery. It sounds like or January or something. But it's Jack fucking Eichel. Jack fucking Eichel, and you'll have him in his prime for four more years. Yeah. I, I very good cap head if he's healthy. And, and that's then, before his no movement clause kicks in as well. And if you keep one of Suzuki or Kakaniami, that's a damn good one-two punch. Like, oh yeah, Michael Suzuki, yeah that that can um, that can make some noise in that division for sure. So, I I think they got to make a big move because if not, they're gonna be pretty mundane next year, and that's yeah. not gonna be bode well for that organization whatsoever. No, and that fan base and fourteen point six uh, in cap space. I still don't get that Josh Anderson contract. Like, <laughs> oh my god, six years at five point five. Darren Ferris, bro, you didn't have to fight for his contract. Yeah, that's you just, right. You just, that's you, just right. Put the, you just put the number on the table when Bergevin signed it. Yeah, <laughs> and Corey Perry, uh, they're probably going to re-sign him, and I imagine it will be for cheap. So that's not really much. Joel Armia is interesting one as well because he had a really good playoff. So I wonder if he'll get like a bit of a pay raise. Uh, Philip Deneau, I have no idea if they're re-signing him or not, but like. If you're it's going after yeah. Oh no, they're not probably not going to resign Eric Stahl. They probably resign Arturi Lekkinen. He does have RFA yeah, like yeah, arbitration yeah. rights. They'll resign Lekkinen. And then Kukkinen, they could probably get him on a cheap deal. Their defense, of course, like completely locked up. Their UFA is Merrill and Gustafson, and you might lose Jake Allen. They might trade him, so you're saving salary there. But uh, yeah, Who like are they the, going to lose in the expansion draft? That's a better question. Um, I'll also check that as well. But uh. Like, looking at it, they're in a pretty good position. The only one that I really worry about, honestly, is, like, Joel Armia because I don't know if Philip Deneau resigns with them, to be honest, and that's really the only guy that sticks out to me as someone who could command a significant pay raise. But then again, they still have, like, $14 million to work with. I bet he'll get, like, maybe, like, 3 or $4 million maybe. I don't know. But um, going to Montreal, uh, so... Um, Drew N, they have to uh, protect Anderson Tatar, who they're not going to because he's a UFA. So they're probably they'll probably protect Drew N, Anderson uh, to Foley. They they already have to protect Gallagher because he has a no movement clause. Byron, um, uh, I don't know like the exact amount of forwards that would be. I'm just gonna go to like automated, but um. Yeah, the like Jake Allen's the interesting one just because he is a decent like like potential one B goalie, but uh yeah. Um well, I'm wondering if um on that back end, I mean they're not gonna be able to protect everyone, I think, with one of it might even benefit them if Seattle takes one of Sherrod or Edmondson. Because oh, I feel what, like they that, both, that's like they both definitely up their value from this playoff run. Especially Sherratt in my opinion. Sherratt had a better playoff than people will give him credit for. But um, he was horrible in the finals, but again, oh, but, Tampa Bay. yeah, he was, he was good on Montreal. In the exactly. Final. Nick Suzuki was the only one that actually looked like he gave a shit all five games. The rest of them looked cooked. Like, yeah. So the automated one I did was, so they protect Drew and Anderson, Tatar, Toffoli, Gallagher, Deneau, which I don't know why they would do that. And yeah, Cockney, I mean, but uh, 
You could potentially get like a Byron, a Lekkonen, maybe. Um, Lekkonen would be interesting. Yeah, that would. Uh, and then their defense. I think a really interesting one would be. Uh, oh, sure, Rock's available. Same with Kulak. Yeah. If I was Seattle, I would take Kulak. Kulak. That would be an interesting one. Honestly, I'd take Sherratt, too. Like, any one of those guys on your back end just block shots and, you know, eat minutes. That's that's very good. To, like, because obviously the biggest trick for Seattle going into this year is they're going to be able to have a pretty damn good decor, I would assume. Yeah, they might even have so, a good goalie and wingers. Their big thing is going to be centers just like Vegas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, it, I mean, shit, if Nashville's really serious about parting with Ryan Johansson, I imagine there's going to be a deal made there. So yeah, That's why it's silly season. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we already brought this up a bit, but like Nick Letty is on the trading block. Um, I think the Islanders can only uh, protect like three defensemen. I think that's Pelic, Pulock, and uh, Mayfield, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, uh, yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I'll just uh, double check that again. Go down because I know I was talking to. My buddy Keegan, who's an Islanders fan, he thinks yeah. they're going to lose Everly in the expansion draft. And I was like, what? That makes no sense. But, I mean, if they really can't protect all those forwards, then, I mean, Everly's probably the one you part with. Because I, I would assume Wallstrom can do the same thing and Lee's coming back. <clears throat> yeah, so I did an auto-protect again. And uh, Barzell, Lee, and Nelson, Everly, Peugeot, Bailey... Uh, Palmieri and Beauvillier protected from forwards, and then you go to defense, Letty, Pulak, and Pelock. Okay, so the the cho- for the Islanders, the to- choices between Mayfield or uh, Letty, it looks like, and that's probably why they want to move on from Nick Letty so they can keep uh, Scott Mayfield. Yeah, and uh, looking from the forward end of things, all <laughs> Andrew Ladd is available. Anthony um, Beauvillier. Uh, no, he's protected under this. Uh, but like the oh, main, is? okay. It's basically their fourth line that's not protected. Lad, Clutterbox, Zekas, uh, Matt Martin. Like from forwards, you're probably not going to get much. Maybe you take a chance on uh, Kiefer Bellows, which wouldn't be bad, I guess. Uh, either Dow Call or Hosang. But uh, wait, Kiefer Bellows is unprotected. Yeah, looks so. That um, would be a guy I would take a flyer on if I'm Seattle. Yeah, definitely. Hundred percent. Well, yeah, if the Islanders don't trade a defense defenseman, I'm definitely looking at, like, Letty or Pulak. Because even if Letty doesn't do that well for Seattle, you know you can flip him at the trade deadline and get something back because you know there's going to be teams that are interested in him. Mm-hmm. And they can also retain cal- salary to get back more as well. Yeah, definitely. I'm trying to think of, like, a team that Nick Letty would even fit into because, like, I don't know a team that needs a puck mover like him right now. Like, there's a lot of guys who need, like, shot-blocking defensemen. But, like, a puck mover specifically? I mean... Maybe LA. Like, like you said, salary retention. Like, the oil... Anaheim could be interesting. Yeah. Oilers, maybe. Actually, shit, the Kings, like, once again, makes sense. Yeah. They need a left-handed shot. Um, what, Do you know what the, the money is on that deal, maybe? Because I know Arizona's losing a lot of defensemen this offseason. Like, get, like... Goligoski and Demers are up and stuff, so they're going to be looking to fill some holes oh, in their yeah, back end. Right. And they might trade OEL as well. If <laughs> pull that off. I hope they trade OEL because the contract is not helping them. Neither is Keller. Oh, no. Jeez. And the fact that Nick Schmaltz might be the best contract on that team is shocking. <laughs> I, I, I think it's Chikrin that's probably that's the best. Oh, wait, it's yeah, like you're six right. years. Chikrin's under five. You're so right. It's under it's Chikrin. Sure. Huh? Sure. And Let's also, see, did you see the Kyle or they're definitely like in talks to trade Kemper oh, now because they want dude. to go with Hill. I would see. I would be all over Kemper, but like, 
now that you brought Flurry and you could get him for cheaper, like I don't Bro. know. Like I just rather that to be honest. Especially for one year, Flurry. Yeah. He's even cheaper um, too. Looking at his actual salary, uh, base salary is seven million dollars. So yeah, I don't. I doubt Arizona's gonna go after that. Ooh. And it's not uh, signing bonus or anything. No. Damn. Yeah, that's gonna be a tough contract to move then. Yeah. Because definitely. like at least with Keese, it was low salary. So if a team's yeah. got a cap, that helps. But yeah, that's gonna be hard. That's gonna be a hard sell, honestly. Unless they retain, I mean. Can't even retain salary because like, I don't even think they can because they're up but tight against yeah, the so yeah, like, I don't even know like a team that would want to take a flight. Like, obviously, like a New Jersey probably would, just because they need guys and like yeah. Murray's gone, so you're gonna need a left shot. Um, but like I don't know. Does any do you guys have a, like a team that just screams out like, oh, they could use Nicoletti? Not really, like, maybe but Columbus? like maybe LA, Columbus could. Yeah, Columbus makes sense. Like New Jersey, kind yeah. of like. Teams that didn't make the playoffs Detroit. and just, like, need to add a defenseman. Yeah, maybe Detroit. Like, I bet you Steve Eiserman could get, like, a sweetener out of uh, Lou Lamorello mm-hmm. from – Or Because that's Steve Eiserman. Yeah, both. Any any poor middling team yeah. middling team is even being too nice. But, like, any team that didn't make the playoffs last year kind of makes oh, yeah. sense. For sure. That has yeah, a I decent amount of cap space. being flipped at the deadline next year. Anyways. Exactly, yeah. Exactly. And, obviously, you could – Nick Luddy's the kind of player where you could spike his stats if you just put him on the power play in the right <laughs> spots. So yeah, that, that's where I think Edmonton because uh, I think eleven is the, uh, Tyson Berry. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Secondary assist Nick Luddy. Jesus, what he did this year in New York. <laughs> no, no, just imagine with McDavid instead of uh, Leo Komarov. And Anders Lee. Does. Yeah. <laughs> That's a question I want to ask. Do you think the Islanders make the cup final if they have Andres Lee healthy? Because they were so close. Hmm? I I think they're going to try to make a move that gets them there. And I think if if you can get the medical records, this pass on it, Tarasenko is the guy that puts you over the that top. That makes so much sense, too, yeah. Like, like, they need that other explosive winger or an explosive. Like, they're pretty good down the middle, I'd say. Like, Barzell, yeah. Nelson, Pajot is about it's not good, superstar level, but like they play defense, they're yeah. decent offensively. Yeah. Like you probably want to resign some too. But like if you oh, lose Zekas, yeah. I could see a big loss. But um yeah, dude, they just need that one more piece. They literally need have one more piece. Because like goaltending, they're fine. Like they they were a goal away from the Stanley exactly. Cup final this year. Yeah, and they that's just the way win. it is. They gave yeah. the Lightning their toughest competition all year. And they should that. take pride in that. Mm-hmm. I believe that uh, Tarasenko is like one of the few teams that he's willing to waive his no trade clause to uh, the Islanders. So it, I think it's like match. It's the Islanders, there's Vegas in there, and there's like a few other teams, I believe, too. So mm-hmm. I know it kind of gets overrated, you go, but like there's such a good culture there in the Islanders. Like they're winning, like they're not the best team on paper, but they always go far because of Barry Trotz and Lou Lamarola, even though he has made some questionable moves, like he knows how to instill culture in a team, and they like. You know what the New York Islanders are. You know what you're going to get. They're going to work their ass off and beat you. And they almost made it to the cup final. Hell, they might have even won if they made it there. Lou knows how to pay players what they're worth, too, which is very nice. Unless you're a fourth liner. Yeah, I was going to say, unless you're a fourth liner. (laughs) But, like, at least for middle six forwards, the guy, every contract on that team is at least decent. Like, um, like, uh, Nelson, you got Bailey, you got... Barzell for Barzell is a bridge, but the fact that you got Barzell at seven for three years mm-hmm. in general is amazing. 
Anders Lee's contract's pretty good. I just hope he doesn't look too one like I hope he didn't lose a step off the knee injury. Yeah, that would suck. But um, like yeah, they they they've done a great job of like managing the salary cap there. And then like their goalie coach deserves so much credit. Like yeah, there it's it's just like a reclamation project area. Like they brought in Leonard. They fucking like you go to, you go to the Islanders. You play. You win. And you go pick, get paid somewhere else. That's like that's what happens. So well, the interesting thing with their defenses is Letty is a UFA next year, but they might trade him anyways. Pulak is a UFA and Noah Dobson's an RFA, so that's going to be tough. But you know, Lou Lamoureux's enough Ryan to get, paid. get them. Too. And Adam Pellick's an RFA right now, and he's going to get paid. Yeah, that too. Should like, get paid, but he probably won't. Yeah, Lou Lamoureux will find a way to. Adam Pellick's the kind of guy he needs to lock on a seven-year deal, like because I feel like the statistics are there from the last couple years to where you could defend it. Yeah, I don't. I think he's only like twenty five or something, right? Like he's not that old, or, or not that old. Yeah, he's uh twenty six. Yeah, no, you could you could you, you could sign him to like a seven deal. years at him and yeah. thirty three at the end of that. That's fair contract. Yeah, but yeah, that's probably why they're looking to trade Nick Letty. They only have five point seven in cap space, so yep. Yep. Again, a lot of teams up a close against cap, especially teams that were one win away from the Stanley Cup final. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's it. I don't know. Do you guys, like, is there any other thing you guys want to talk about? I think we touched on everything. I don't know if we talk much about Pierre Maguire going to Ottawa, but that's just so funny. He's just going to be the GM in a year and a half. It's going to be hilarious. (laughs) I I can't wait to see it, man. And he's going to trade for Christopher Letang, his first move. (laughs) Brady Kachuk for Christopher Letang. Oh, no. Did you guys hear his interview? Did you hear his interview when he got, like, Yeah, I saw it. I saw it. Austin Watson has got a great character. Oh, Oh, no, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about boots on the the ground scouting. I do believe in Adam. What it takes to build a Stanley Cup team. And he literally basically called out the entire Ottawa Senators team currently. He was like, you need good centers down the depth. You need a guy who can win faceoffs. You need a power forward. Doesn't mention Brady Kachuk at all when he says power forward. Needs a puck-moving defenseman. Does mention Thomas Shabbat there. Then says he needs a shutdown D-man. Does not mention Thomas Shabbat there. How do you – how to piss off the entire locker room in, like, one sentence? Oh, and says you need a very elite goalie. It doesn't, like – just how to shatter Matt Murray's confidence, how to shit on the kids in one thing, like – Man, Pierre's already making a presence of being yeah, a big like, douchebag. Like, no, they don't have a Stanley Cup contending team. The thing is, like, they're a young team, and if 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 there's a full two game season and they're in the North Division, they make the playoffs. Like, and it's it's gonna be a tough tough, tough couple of years for them because they're in that crazy Atlantic Division. But like, man, like Josh Norris had a great year last year. Tim Stutzla had a decent rookie season. If they if they if they become the one two punch at center, you can do a lot worse than that. Like. Oh, yeah. They've done a pretty good job, even though I haven't agreed with all their draft picks. But you look at all the defensemen they've drafted with, like Sanderson and Bernard Docker and all that. They already got Chabot and Branstrom. Their goaltending is interesting. I, it's actually interesting to see if they would take Wallstedt or even Kosa for that matter. But um, yeah, I I, I think they've done a, a, an okay job going forward, honestly. Oh yeah, definitely. And like they they had very good drafts last few years. The the thing that I'm curious with. Because, like, yeah, you can draft all these guys, but it's about developing them now. Yeah, that too. The fact that I kept hearing stories out of Ottawa this year that they can't get Eric Branstrom to work, that's not how that's supposed to work. You just traded your franchise player for him. He needs to work. I don't get – the coach doesn't like him? 
Well, the coach better fucking learn how to like him. Because that's the story that came out, apparently. DJ Smith doesn't like Eric Branch. And, and the thing play. is, every other player like, likes DJ Smith. They like playing for him, so I don't I don't get why Branch. I, I, like, but... I, I don't get it, dude. I don't get it. And it's like, you can't take this approach with every young player. It's like, yeah, you could probably take would say won't be affected. Like I know Batherson's been good for the time he's been mm-hmm, in Ottawa. That too, like, I haven't mentioned that like, Yeah, but like, dude, you have to make sure these prospects hit, and you're already slandering one of them in the media. It, it's, Ottawa's just such a fucking clown show. Oh my god. Oh, anything like <laughs> Eugene Melnick, yeah. And it kind of makes you appreciate like the work, especially someone like Brian Murray done how like he was able to like, make Ottawa relatively competitive and even like Pierre mm-hmm. Dorian, like obviously you can question some of his moves, but like if you have Eugene and Melnick in your ear all the time, like that's And they were a goal away from the yeah. cup final still yeah. somehow. Oh my god, like that's crazy. crazy. And that team had very little center depth too, when you look back on it. It was it, what, it, Peugeot was- and Turris? Literally, that was all it was. Like, <laughs> they always Clark MacArthur played center for them that year. Like, I don't fucking know. Like, dude, they were they were deep on the wings, and they had Eric Carlson. That was like what their team was that year. And Craig Anderson was great too. Oh yeah, Craig Anderson was very good. You're right. But um, yeah, I just Pierre's gonna fuck that Ottawa team up, and it's not gonna be fun <laughs> to watch. <laughs> not even Pierre Dorian, Pierre Maguire, twice oh, the Pierre. Able to fall. Jesus. <laughs> Um, draft, uh, before we end things off, I'll just kind of want to talk about the draft, um, like draft targets for Chicago at pick 12 and we've had, uh, Will Scouch on and we talked a lot about like Jesper Wallstedt and uh, like, and obviously there's the top end players. They're not good as in years past. Like we, there's no Eichel or I don't know why Eichel came to my mind first, but like none of these generational franchise players like McDavid, uh, Matthews, even Eichel, like, Dolly, any of these guys. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, they're still going to be top of the line contributors. Um, but when you get to that point in the draft, they're 12th, 12th overall, 11th overall selection. Like, you, I think you take the chance on a goalie, especially if Jesper Wallstad is still available. I don't know if you go Kosa. I just don't know if there's that upside there. But, like, you look at the stats he put up in the SHL and how well brought up, like it's so rare for us, a European goalie to play in a men's league at that age. And the numbers he put up, like, I think he had a decent goals against average, but his save percentage was a bit low. Like his numbers were really good for the first half. Then it kind of took a dip. But uh, if you're at that point and you're like, yeah, you might get a second line winger maybe out of it, but you have the chance to draft a potential number one goalie. I would go for that. But, um, I don't know, I want to hear Spencer's thought on it, because I feel like me and Schmidt are kind of like on the, the Wallstep bandwagon, I suppose. But uh, yeah, you, me, me and Schmitt, or Spencer were kind of talking about uh, like prospects last night, too. So that's what I kind of want to hear your thoughts on that, Spencer. I, I think I agree. I think that Wallstep would be the main, like my main target at 11, because we haven't had like an elite goalie prospect like Wallstep for so long. And if he pans out to be a number one goalie and uh, our starting goalie, for the long run, you can get the most upside out of Wallstead there. Yeah. That's compared to like someone like Fabian LaSalle or even like even most of the guys in his draft class. Because if he turns out to be like a star goaltender, I don't think I don't think there's anyone with as much like as high of upside as there is with Wallstead. Yeah. Like, just pure upside there's alone. Because I think there's nothing Wall- more valuable than a number one goalie at the end of the yeah. day. Right. Look at Andre Vasilevsky. Yeah. Facts. Or even Carey Price for that matter. 
Yeah, I, if there's any forward I like, though, at 11, it's like, it's Fabian Lissell, though. Oh, I definitely, think yeah. Pierce and I were talking about him yesterday. Like, he's kind of like, he's a little bit like William Eklund in the way, like, he plays, but there's just more, like, like Pierce said when he was texting me yesterday, there's more dynamic elements to, like, his overall game. Like, his... There's more, his like, explosiveness there. and speed. Like, yeah. Like, he can do things right off the hop. He can, he can... He can activate quickly. He's a guy who's he's very speedy off the rush and can make a ton of things happen there. Um, just super dynamic in general. And I think that um, he, he's definitely a better skater than Eklund. Like, his stride mechanics are better. Like, his, his edges, I think, arguably are better. I think it's close there. But overall, I think if we're looking at pure upside, I think Walsett's probably the main guy there for yeah. sure. I don't think it's really close. Honestly, because if you yeah, can get a guy who can like steal your games down the stretch, like Wallstead can, I think I think you have to go with Wallstead for sure. Yeah, if they pick either of them, I'm I'm not mad. And yeah. apparently they yeah. have interest in Wallstead anyways. So I don't know if they what their interest is in Lasell, but uh, like there's been reports that like they would take yeah. Wallstead at, at at twelve. So and that's interesting because they did draft Drew Camesso last year, and he did have a a pretty good uh, first year. But I mean, you can never have enough good goaltending prospects. And the thing with the Blackhawks, they always go for swing for the upside. So if you have a chance to take a number one goalie again, you take it. 100%. I was literally just about yeah, to ask. Yeah. I was like, let's see, got to give us the inside on this guy. I was curious yesterday because I don't want to give too much insight on it, but. No. Um, he was like, giving me some it, it, smart insider, man. The Hawks were one of the teams that called about Coronado, so they've already Huge. called about. No, I know, know, know Coronado's been around a little bit. I don't so. know if they've interviewed him yet. I'm assuming they probably have by now, but I mean. I think Nashville, they also think that Coronado doesn't they, – they think he'll probably go, like, somewhere in, like, the 11-19 range. So, he he's supposed to go really high. Yeah. Like, Nashville doesn't think he'll get past 19. So That's fair. interesting. Yeah. I think the Rangers are probably in on Coronado, Ooh, too. Rangers would be a good Maybe fit. Yeah. But – yeah, the Hawks have poked around him already, so. Uh, it makes sense. I think, like, I think with Coronado to the Hawks, it's going to come down to if all their guys are off the board that they want. Like, if Walsh gets off the board, yeah. if Lysel's off the board, if a Mac oh, Tavish yeah. is off the board, then they're going to go with Coronado. But, because, yeah. like, when we talked to Will Scouch, he was basically saying, like, there's going to be a guy who falls out of the top ten oh, that's yeah. not they're supposed to, and the Hawks though, are going to jump yeah. on it. That's like yeah. that's the way I'm looking at this draft. Like the Hawks have that pick that the Jets had last year, where yeah. it's like, or, or, or the Florida Marco Rossi, yeah, exactly. Or, yeah, it's like it, who's yeah, going to screw it. up and let someone fall to us? Yeah, who's like, going to take this year's Jack Quinn? Seri- no, again. I'm so serious though, because that's the pick they have. <laughs> yeah. Right, that's basically where they're at in the draft. It's like, who are we going to get that was supposed to be a top ten guy that fell out? Even like and Anaheim like, with Trevor Zegras in 2019, 100%. I think he fell tonight. Like you could get a potential guy like that, even if it's not the same level as Zegras, Rossi, or Perfetti. Like maybe someone doesn't like Simon Simon Edvidson and maybe he falls to 12. I don't know. Like oh, I take, Simon Edvidson's there, you gotta take. Dude, him, you t- you fucking take the swing if he's at there. You take well, Simon Edvidson, dude. Yeah. That's literally Zadorov with potentially more offensive upside, and they already love Zadorov. So and he yeah. just needs the right place to develop too. Exactly. They, oh, he, he'll he'll take a couple of years. He would like, probably be the perfect comp for Boquist too, in terms yeah, of like yeah. their style. You just have like, to be patient with him over time. And he's not, not going to be a guy that's going to be like 
able to make an impact right away, but like over Probably the, not time, the next two years, think, at least, there's so much upside there for sure. I, oh. I would agree. And the advantage we have is like we have one of the best European scouting staffs in the league. Yeah, so, man. like we we know most of these Europe play, European players better than like most teams would. So 100, that's 100%. kind of the, the advantage we have. I wonder if someone like Brent Clark could potentially fall because I know like I would love it, that a lot of a lot of teams are like really um like concerned about his skating with like his wonky stride and like his knock knee stance all that like there I know there's a lot you of know who else has wonky like, skating what's your Adam Boquist I mean <laughs> if Adam Boquist had relatively fast skating he'd be very good but he's like, what is that knock knee stance like people keep talking about with Clark I don't even just... know. I don't like. I kind of went into it, but like, I don't remember it off the top of my head. But like, when you're knock knee, it kind of like prohibits you from doing like more outside stuff. You're kind of more relying on your inside stuff, so you're not doing as much like agility, edge work, and all that stuff. It's just, it's just tougher to, uh, to like kind of. I don't know. I would, I would have to describe it more, like, because I did write about it, but like, it's, it's kind of tough to to describe though. But it definitely hinders him from kind of having that explosive step, having more better edge work, and all that. I, uh, I still. I, well, okay. Sorry, I mean to cut you off. Oh, sorry. All, all I was gonna say is like, there's a whole article about it, that, which I kind of read into, mm-hmm. it, and I was like, kind of uh, like looking at it, and like he does have a weird like stride, and like looking at that that whole knock knee stancing, and I just kind of wanted to dive deep into it, and like what it kind of uh, um, what that means for like skating. Again, I don't know much about like skating mechanics, but yeah, I just thought that I would bring that up and. I don't know. It, it just kind of seems like it seems like a lot of prospects like they're kind of divisive and like there's like again this is not a, a like a strong draft so like there's a lot of these players that might have a weakness to the game that might sour on a lot of scouts. So I wonder if Brian Clark mm-hmm. would be someone who drops as well. I don't know, but I could see it. I just anybody too that drops. Yeah. Like some teams can, might. I think Ron Francis said it. Some teams might end up getting a better like fourth round pick than their first round pick yeah so, mm-hmm. just because of the unorthodox year that we've been having mm-hmm. so and i feel like scouting too yeah i feel like most teams are going to be like we we're going to find the skill set we like most out of these players and then we'll just we'll develop the rest of it into them they're going to mm-hmm. go after like a certain aspect of their game that they like like especially with the later picks i feel like top five yeah. it's going to be Tough, like the whole draft is gonna be a crapshoot. Like, oh, well, <laughs> so, with the CHL guys, like most, you might see a ton of nineteen-year-olds get picked next year. Actually, now that I think about it, because like most of these guys in the CHL, they only had that one tournament in Erie to be able to showcase their talents, yep. and most of them are probably gonna get undrafted. So <laughs> they'll probably come in next year as overagers, light it up, and then they get drafted. With like one player that's interest to me that who could drop to the second round of Chicago, but I have in my first round is White Johnson. Like he did not play at all this year. He played for Canada at the uh, the U eighteens, and he's like there's not a ton of upside there, but he could potentially be like this middle six center guy who's who's just really re- well rounded. But uh, yeah, uh, I think. I wonder if he gets, like, how high he goes or how low he goes. Uh, that, that's definitely interesting. Like, OHL is the most interesting because at least with the WHL and QMJHL, we did get to see some playing time, but, like, the OHL, was, it was nothing. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just very glad the Hawks didn't win the lottery in a year where this is happening. Yeah. Because, like, win, imagine they... if this is happening when we had the third overall pick. I'd be like, this oh, sucks. Yeah. <laughs> I know what you mean. Like, because you would get what? Like, how many games played in the WHL this year? Like, 
Oh, I think when I was, was like, looking at uh, Dylan Gunther, I think he only played 12 games. Yeah, wow, he, it was like a sample size. Yeah, dude, imagine if that was a sample size we had to go off a dock. Like, <laughs> that's why, like, I... It's completely off topic, but like I give Brian Burke so much credit for picking Morgan Riley when he only played like ten games because yeah. like that's a fucking ballsy. That pick. is so ballsy, but like it's picking worked out, out so well games. for them. Like, Especially when you have that sample size bias there. Yeah, like that's it's, it's crazy. That's the gamble, and then, man. In Tampa, how they found Braden Point through scouting oh, Morgan still, Riley originally. That's still fucking. You know what's stupid, the funniest <laughs> thing about Braden Point's like uh, scouting report and stuff? They yeah. thought he wasn't going to be fast enough. They thought what he wasn't going to be fucking fast enough. What do you mean? Like, he was fast that year. And they were like, oh, don't just put skaters in the lead now. I'm like, yeah. I, I really want to know what that scout was smoking when they were analyzing Braden Point. Because clearly they're all dumb and they should not be in the league anymore. Foot speed yeah. was There must have been something wrong with them at the time if they're saying that. I have to think. Like, there's no way. What? Like, he. He had to improve like a ton over time, maybe with a power skating coach or something. Because if he, if there's a report by a scout saying that he's like not a, like a fast skater, like something's obviously up. And I think, <laughs> bro, like who knows? It might have been an issue then. Was point with the crunch at all? I, I don't I don't remember. I was with uh... well, like Syracuse. Oh, that's Tampa's oh, right. I don't know. Because like I, I know a lot a of bit. these guys on Tampa too. were with yeah. Cooper and the crunch with the crunch and stuff. Like I don't think. Sure. I'm not sure, to be honest. I don't know. But this Uh-oh. is from NHL Watcher. Uh, Drager on Insider Trading says the Avalanche and Gabriel Landeskog are not even close to an extension. The position of the Colorado Avalanche has to change significantly or else Landeskog will go to market. Landeskog could really shake this market in a way that yeah, I don't think it's paid. ready. You'll get paid, dude. You know who should make a run in Landeskog? And I know we've been talking about him a lot this podcast. <laughs> Edmonton Oilers, oh, dude. Any any winger, dude. Anything like, that no, isn't any. like. Alex What's gonna be funny is Landeskog. Yeah, other than Alex <laughs> I'd love Landeskog in the Blackhawks, though. I don't oh, care yeah. if it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> dude, Landeskog <laughs> literally makes no sense, but I would please. <laughs> Landeskog, Doc, and Debrinket. That would be Where? pretty good. Who do you guys think would be the best fit for Landeskog if he hits the market? Though that's the question. But it's more like a money situation right now. So who would be willing be to throw like eight? L.A. Ooh. L.A. would be a very fucking interesting spot. Because yeah. they got the money. They need the winger. Mm-hmm. And Maybe the Islanders. Because they know they want to go after Tarasenko. Adding a big winger. Maybe Boston. that works for them. I don't know. Boston is a good one too. Bro, Landis got fit right in Boston. Um, maybe the Rangers. Yeah, the Rangers would be bad, but like, yeah. Um, like if if he wants to go to a contender, like Boston fits perfectly. Edmonton because he would make that <laughs> he would make the winger course so much better. So much um, better, bro. LA, yeah. LA makes sense too because they're up on the rise as well. Mm-hmm. Any of those teams would make sense. So, Wonder yeah. if I don't know what their cap situation's like, but maybe Dallas makes a run at him. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Because I know Dallas wants to make a run at like. Buffing up their offense for sure, or at least secondary scoring. Oh yeah. Because um, like what's... the stars this year didn't have Radulov or Singh for most of the year. That's Ooh, pretty they hard. Have to 15, they have fifteen. They have fifteen million dollars left in cap. That's yeah. interesting. But they also got to sign Haskett in this offseason. And no, have... yeah, that's the that's the caveat. So, but other than that, they don't really have to sign anyone of significance. So like they could. Jamie, 
<laughs> Jamie Oleksiak is a UFA. That's someone, like, if you want a Nikita Zadorov type player, I would rather go after Jamie Oleksiak, to be honest. But could have went after Jamie Oleksiak, but they got that Um, For RFAs, they just have Dickinson and Kiviranta, who I don't think will want too much. Really, just the main one is Haskinen, but... Yeah, and I think they're going to bridge Haskinen, honestly. I don't think they're going to give him his deal right now. It doesn't make sense. The guy who... Besides, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Like, I think most of those defensemen are probably going to bridge, but, like, there's also this part of me, now that the Hawks have cap space, I want Bowman to be a mega troll and just give Kale McCarr the biggest offer sheet. That too, that Give him... No, because I don't give a fuck. You could literally sign Kale McCarr to eight times 11.5 and give up whatever the picks are, and, like, I wouldn't would care. Be it's Kale that. fucking McCarr. You'd win two Norses in that tenure and oh. probably get a couple deep playoff runs. Well, with any of those draft picks, what is the likeliness that you're going to get a good uh, – Yeah, and Kale McCarr is going to make your team that much better, so what are the odds they become that high of a draft pick anyways? Bro, and you're telling me Colorado can match an $11.5 million offer sheet? They can't. No way in hell. No they can't. They can't, and obviously no team's going to do it because they can't stomach the fact that they're going to give up, like, four first-round picks or something. But if, like, I know we always say, like, if you're going to do it any year, do it this year. Dude, with these defensemen and how young they are, this is the year to do it. You're going to get a 21-year-old for potentially, like, seven years. That's crazy. Like, he has potential to be the best defenseman in the NHL. Kill him yep. yep. He's already on his way, dude. You should have two Norrises. If you played a full season, you'd have two Norrises. Or uh, you'd have a Norris and a Calder. Sorry. Yeah. And his first two seasons. <laughs> yeah. He hasn't even played like a hundred. I'm pretty sure he hasn't even played like uh, 120 games yet. Yeah, he has. Season. He has ridiculous stats. I want to look this up. He's almost a point per game in his first hundred games as yeah. or hundred plus games as a defenseman. It's wild, and he's I'm, analytically the best defenseman in the league by a country mile. So I'm pretty sure he's point per game in the playoffs as well. Okay, so 94 points in 101 regular season games, including 44 points in 44 games this year, and in the playoffs, 31 points in 35 games, not including that. including twenty one. Including back-to-back years in the playoffs where he's gone point per game. And he's, what, 21, 22? Yeah, not bad. Uh, he turns 23 in October. Not bad. Not bad. No. <laughs> not bad. No, not bad at all. And, he, and like, these contracts will set the the, cur- the cursor forever because Adam Fox needs to get paid next year. Quinn Hughes. Quinn Hughes still needs to get paid, but Vancouver doesn't have money. Hey, so. No. <laughs> also, like. The Hawks should definitely like call Vancouver and be like, "Give us your first, and we'll take Louis Erickson's last year. That way, you can sign your players, and we get picks." Yep. <laughs> I feel Give like us I'd... what the eighth overall pick for Erickson, and you can sign Quinn Hughes. Imagine or ninth, whatever they have. I can't remember. Give us this. Give us next year's first if you don't want to give up the eighth pick. Hell yeah, yeah. <laughs> then when we get like the th- no, dude, and then we'll suck, and then we'll get Shane Wright and yeah. Brad Lambert. <laughs> Epic. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> or if uh, as Spencer was telling me, uh, is it Seamus Casey? Seamus. Seamus. Yeah. Seamus is on that team. What are the odds of that? Seamus. Seamus. Oh you can find one Seamus almost anywhere. <laughs> and you're telling me that you think he's better than Quinn Hughes at his age? I I think so. Damn. Uh, so that draft class is gonna be nuts. Holy shit. So is 2023 with like, uh, Bedard and Makov. And... Like, his upside is ridiculous. Like, I, I honestly, my, maybe a mildly hot take. I think Seamus Casey's upside is, like, right up there with Shane Wright's. If, like, Ooh, right below. Damn. Dang. That's my All right. He has super high upside. Sheesh, all right. 
Hey, listen. <laughs> Chicago wants to pick any year to suck. <laughs> they know which year to pick. Hell, next year or even the year after that. But honestly, I'm this year. I'm sorry on the hype train for KC. Yeah. But, dude, this year, the West is so wide open. They're like, going to make the playoffs. Or at least the, not I would be last. Yeah. Wild, wild West. They, they will be, at worst, the eighth pick this year. And that's not barring any injuries, because if fucking Kane goes down or some shit, they're fucked. I don't care. Oh, <laughs> they're fucked. <laughs> or if the brinket goes down or something, they're, they're dead in the water. <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah, it's going to be a fascinating offseason with this tight cap, the expansion draft. Like, The expansion draft is only eight days away, and I'm pretty sure that uh, the teams have to have their list submitted by uh, – Saturday, Saturday, I think it is, and then there's a roster freeze, so we might see a couple more trades at least before that deadline, and then after that, the actual expansion draft happens, and then we have the draft, which we're going to do a, a live stream for, and then we have free agency, and then, yeah, that's going to be a crazy month. Um, it's going to be interesting to see if the Blackhawks make any big moves here. Um, what else was I going to bring up? Um, and, and apparently today was the day is the last day for players with uh, movement clauses to waive them if they can. And I believe I saw Eric Johnson on Colorado is going to waive us, so that helps them mm-hmm. out a lot. I think they can protect Blue Chase McCarr. as well. Yeah, I saw that as well. But uh, Hayes, McCarr, yeah. Gerard, probably. Yeah, yeah. and they still I have to. They probably have to. I wonder if I bet Seattle takes like Ryan Graves probably. I think because Connor Timmins exempt. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he is. Okay. Some people think like Devontae. I just feel like Connor Tibbs. No way. Like, no way Devontae. No, you want to know why people think Devontae is going there? Because he does in the NHL expansion draft in the video game. He really complimented. Nobody, I don't think anybody complimented Kale McCarr better than Devontae. Hell, they might even be on the Olympic team next year in Canada if there even is one. (laughs) Right? Yeah. Yeah. No, but Drew Doughty and Morgan Morgan Riley got to be. Yeah, that's right. With Jordan Bennington in it. Jordan Pennington and Carter Hart. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. No, it should be Flurry and Price. Hell, hell, we might have have a future Olympic goaltender next year. <laughs> Anyways, um, thank you everyone for tuning in, uh, Schmidt and Spencer. It's a pleasure as always, and as uh, of course it was, uh, it was good to have uh, Jimmy on as well. It's, feels like it's been a while since we've done a podcast together because. Uh, I mean, last week, Schmitty and I, we interviewed uh, Will Scouch and then Leah Hextall, which you all should check out. But, uh, yeah, hopefully we have more guests on before the draft, and hopefully we have a lot more news to talk about, which I bet we will, because there's just, like, it seems like, like, the Tampa won the cup, and then there's, like, kind of a few days of silence, but, like, once, I think it was yesterday it hit, it was like, okay. The floodgates are open. Comes out. Yeah, exactly. That's a great way to put it. But, anyways, thank you all for tuning in. I uh, hope you guys are getting your vaccine shots, staying safe and all that stuff. And, uh, yeah, very much looking forward to the silly off season. Have a good one, y'all.